What's up, everything? It's the doldrums of the NHL offseason, but thankfully, Jordan Bennington and a trumped-up moron have given us plenty to talk about. No, not that trumped-up moron. Don't worry. There will be no politics on this show, but there will be plenty of insults lobbed at Ken Campbell, whose takes are mm-mm bad. So let's get started, and let's go Blues! It is Thursday, July 18th, and we are here in our spacious and boring studios in the Ag Hall in Letterkenny, Ontario. Ian, how are you now? I'm doing great, bud. Good. That's how Canadians speak. I think so. Other than, hey there, ho there, hey there, ho there, as Jay Bowmeister sounds like. Well, that's what Jay Bowmeister yeah. sounds like. I mean, yes. He's in the room. But not the real... <laughs> yeah, that was actually Jay Bowmeister. How you doing, Jay? He could either be here speaking like that, or he could be here in silence. Yeah, you, either you, one. Yeah, you'd believe either he's, one. He isn't drunk, so he's not swearing up a storm, mm. and... It's a shame. It's a real shame. <laughs> we're, a couple, uh, we're a couple episodes into Letter Kenny, the great Canadian show. How do you feel about it? It sounds terrible. They they don't sound good to my ears. The show's good. The Canadian accent I could do without. But it <laughs> makes the show, so really what I'm saying is fantastic. The show, great. That's, that's a fair assessment. Five maple syrup containers out of five. <laughs> that's one of our new obsessions. And our other new obsession is the sport of kabaddi, your favorite sport. Mm-hmm. And it's superstar. I've always said I love kabaddi. Tardeep <laughs> Narwhal. It's a real name. He's a real person. Where's he from? Look him up. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Somewhere in India. <laughs> uh... Hardeep Narwhal is an Indian Kabaddi player who currently plays for the Patna Pirates. Kabaddi, with a B? Yeah. Okay. And a D. He's from Sonepat. Sonepat? Sonepat? I don't know. What is Kabaddi? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Ian. Kabaddi is a sport that mixes elements of dodgeball, except without the balls. Mm. Um, plenty of balls, but not balls. Yeah, I mean, these are uh, Capture the flag, rugby, a little bit. Uh, two teams of seven line up on opposite ends of a square, and they take turns trying to raid the other team's territory. Ooh. I believe they score points by tagging their opposition. Uh, which can be done in making pretty much any bodily contact, I think. A, a, a tag, a traditional tag, a kick, a kiss, perhaps. Uh, a lick? Is a Brad uh, maybe, Marchand Maybe Brad Marchand could excel in this sport. Yeah. He's small, too. He's small and, and Nimble, you know, shifty. You know. So, uh, And, yeah, they try to make it back to their side before they get tackled. It's... Uh, you would think this would be a big American sport. It seems sport. mesmerizing. Quite frankly, it was discovered by our dear leader, <laughs> our dear leader and rules expert, who is not on the phone to review this play, because the league doesn't start until, I believe, the 22nd. 
Yeah, we have very little time to brush up on no, our but body. No, but we're thinking about starting fantasy, and, you know, we're, we're, we're doing our darndest. So, uh, mm. everybody, watch some Kabaddi highlights and tell us what you sp- feel about the sport that we think will be sweeping the nation at any moment now. ESPN the Ocho? They said no thank you. <laughs> oh, no. This, <laughs> this is, is not on this the Ocho. Go, this is going straight to the 12s. <laughs> Twelves. You're in the teens, baby. <laughs> Uh, you know what, though? It looks kind of awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure in many ways it's less outright stupid than the NHL. So. Oh, I mean, there's a 30, no one can rival There's that. a $30 million prize for the winning team, so... Are they paid otherwise? You know, I don't know about <laughs> that. Can either confirm nor deny. Our rules expert is not in attendance. You do play for your lives. That's right. Yes, you do get to live if you win. Uh, it's, a, it's a great sport. Very family-friendly <laughs> and excellent. Very colorful and tremendous. I'm sure there are Bollywood movies involving Kabaddi stars. Oh, and, oh well, yes. <laughs> no doubt. And, there was no argument there. Um, speaking of Bollywood movies... <laughs> oh, Jesus. We're in, we're in mid-season, mid uh off-season form here. If I knew anything about Bollywood, I feel like I could square this circle, but I sure don't, so I'm just going to say, Jordan Bennington signed a contract. Yay! Hooray! He's here forever for two years. <laughs> <laughs> the 26-year-old? He's 26 yeah, now, Yeah, I think he just turned 26. Goaltender over the, yeah, last week, right? Like was the, the His podcast. day with the cup? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... He has made his feelings known by signing a two-year contract extension with an average annual value of $4.4 million per year. Um, Do you want to react to the contract first or give these quotes about the contract first? Um, Let's do the quotes first. Would you like to read them or shall I? I can read them. Okay, good. Give my voice a break from all this hot kabaddi action. Yes, uh, Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic interviewed GM Doug Armstrong and Bennington's agent Mike Lute. Lute, thank you. I was going to say <laughs> flute. Um, about also how the Vladimir Tarasenko's agent. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he was goalie here. Mm-hmm. Cool guy. Also, I don't understand why he's not in the Hall of Fame, but that's another issue. That's next episode's deep dive. Uh, Armstrong on the contract. He says, obviously Bennington has played fantastic hockey since he's been up here. There's been other goaltenders that got on runs, but other guys have gone on runs for the regular season and haven't done it in the playoffs, or vice versa. Binner has been able to do a little bit of both. The sample size is good, and it was a great ride, but not every contract has to be seven or eight years to have value to it. We just think Jordan is coming into his own now. Give him a couple of years to solidify his career, and we'll get at it again. It allows us to still continue to try and sign some of our unrestricted free agents, our unrestricted guys, over the next year or two, and then we can attack Jordan when he becomes unrestricted, which is what this contract leads up to. And then Liut on the contract, he says, This is a player that didn't play in their organization, the Blues, a year ago. He said, referring to the Blues, loaning Bennington to Boston's American Hockey League affiliate in 2017-2018. He says they didn't have a team for him, and they just hung on, they hung on to him as an insurance policy as a number four. So they're not going to go from that six or seven times six million Plus, if Jordan is going to give up four unrestricted years, that makes it difficult to get a number that we're satisfied with. And from their perspective, 
This is their number four goalie who just won the Stanley Cup. They're not going to get their head around that for another two years. So, while it sounds like Liu thinks they, should, they could have gotten something done for more years, he understands it was going to be for more money and for something the Blues weren't willing to do. And it also sounds like Armstrong realizes that Bennington wants to get paid, but doesn't want to spend too many or too much term on him necessarily. So I do think personally, in my own opinion, that this is a very good contract. Because while it walks Bennington to UFA, if he plays really fantastic, it's a it's a problem, but it's a good problem. Because at that point I say, pay him a boatload of money, because this this team's never had a goalie. I mean, really, in all honesty, like has this team ever had a goalie? Ever? Yeah, Mike Leute. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like in terms of like even if you just think of like uh, I mean, records we, and stuff. We've had a number of good ones that yeah. we then fucked up. So. Yeah. Curtis Joseph. We've had good goalies, our, but like... But our franchise's greatest goalie is Brian Elliott. That's so what that I'm should, saying, is like we should be able to speak topple to Brian Elliott over in terms of records and games played and just like overall performance. So I like this contract a lot. It's a literally, whatever that is, 50000 more per year than Jake Allen's. Mm-hmm. So that that's your. I like how that. I like. I hope that's how they reach. They go look. He has to make more than Jake Allen. That just makes sense. They go no, okay. Fifty thousand. Four point three five. How about four point four? Mm. And he goes deal. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. I hope. <laughs> I do hope some of these negotiations are just kind of like, we want this much, and the GM's like, oh, okay. Oh. Shit. Okay. <laughs> fine. That's our number. See, look at my paper. Look yeah, at this. That's paper. what I was going to tell crazy. you. And then immediately the agent's like, don't. Because mm-hmm. they could have gotten more. That's how this works. So, what are your thoughts? And then we'll talk about some blues fans' concerns. I like this deal. I think anything more on term would have been questionable. Mm hmm. It would have cost you more. I think folks who thought he should have gotten less term or less money are kind of insane. I don't... How... I saw somebody say Alan's not his comparable, and I don't know how that's true. How can you pay him less than Jake Allen? You can't. You you literally just can't. You cannot. He's not signing for less than Jake Allen. And He's you, just not. And if you're, ups- if you're upset about that, be upset at Armstrong for signing Jake Allen yeah. 4.35. Absolutely. Yeah. We've talked about that. I don't and, want to go yeah, back down that awesome. road. But as some of the same people who are upset about this contract are some of the same people that were like, it's fine <laughs> to keep Jake Allen. And I didn't understand that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, it's a good problem to have. Two years is a long time from now. We are we have total control now over our goalies as mm-hmm. regards the expansion draft because that's still two years, right? Yeah, not next summer, but the summer after. Yeah, um, and the lockout thereafter. We've got total yeah, that, goalie I mean, protection. Do not do that to me, NHL. What expansion draft and then lockout? That is my hundred percent. That happens hundred percent. Uh we'll be. We'll be in our 30s when that expansion Shut the fuck happens. up. Shut up. <laughs> um, yeah, 
So I like the contract. And Jordan Bennington will not be in his 30s when it's over. He'll still be very affordable. And if he's amazing for two more years, like you said, that's a good problem to have. Then you just pay the man. Mm. Then you just then you just lock him up and you pay him. This is the thing. See, what I don't understand is like people were upset at Armstrong, and rightfully so, for signing Jake Allen on too little evidence. You know, they said mm. at the time, and they certainly say now, well, you signed him when he'd never really been your starter. And you gave him starter money for four years, and now look how stupid you look. He's doing the opposite with Jordan Bennington. Mm. He's getting him through two years. You know, it's, it's is it too much money to pay two goalies? I would say so, but fine for this year, at least. And... You get to see what you really have in Jordan Bennington, because we don't know. That's the thing. We just do not know what he really, really is. Now, fan concerns. Oh, we addressed them. (laughs) (laughs) I just say, concern number one was the contract was for too much money. And that's just, it it couldn't be for any less. It just couldn't be. What is it? Two years, three million? He makes less than Allen? You'd have to look him in the eye and basically tell him, we're trying our hardest to move Jake Allen. Yeah. Because even though it's money is just money and it's just a number, it's still that's what you value these humans as. Yeah. Whenever people go on little my little side rant, going like, "How come this person just can't make a million less or whatever?" I I get it from our perspective, and it should be from theirs too. A million dollars or more is like should just be great. You know, these everyone should just play for a million dollars. That's all you need in life or whatever. But these people are val- are valued on that. That is their value. And by the way, you like, do the same thing yeah. at whatever company you work at. If you haven't worked at a place and find out that a guy who works a position lower than you, let's say you're entry data analyst one, mm-hmm. two, and he's entry data analyst one, but he's been there for a couple of years, and they offer you a salary that's less than his, you're immediately going to say, no, yeah. give me more than him. It's the value, man. It's how that works. <laughs> so I don't understand. I, I, <sighs> it turns this weird altruism of like, oh, no, he'll. it's fine. He understands. It's like, no, that's your, I can't say enough, that's your value. You're yeah. literally signing these guys to contracts. At a certain it's, point, they are, they, we, talk, we literally use the word asset on them. They are an asset. Yeah. They're a commodity. It's not that Jordan Bennington say, is sitting there saying, screw Jake Allen. Mm-hmm. I hate Jake Allen. If you pay me less than Jake Allen, I'm walking. He's not pulling that. He's just saying, well, he, first of all, he's not saying it. Michael Hughes saying it. Mm-hmm. He's just saying, look, dude. This is what you're paying your backup. I'm not having a guy who's clearly your starter and will never not be your starter over Jake Allen. Mm-hmm. There will never be a time where this team says, well, you know what? It's really Jake. Jake's got the hot hand now. <laughs> and if if, oh, sweet if that happens, God forbid. But, like, he, it's just how it is. I don't, you know, that his... His contract came up at an inopportune time, as far as that goes, Mm. and he's got to get paid more. And also, you know, he won the Stanley Cup, Mm. so it's kind of 
it's kind of cheap to now be like, yeah, but you should only make $2 million a season. Like, yeah. I get it. I get the other side of the argument. It's like, well, you want to pay him as little as you can afford to. Great. But part of part of the doing business now is like with an eye to the future. Like, mm-hmm. if we have to renegotiate in a year or 18 months or two years, better be ready. Mm-hmm. We've, and we better have not offended him at this contract offer. Now there's nothing. There's no hard feelings on either side. We're going to see how the next two years go. And we'll see what happens then. And maybe Villa Hughes is ready. I don't know. That's true. He's our number... Well, I guess he's still our number three. I guess that's how that works. He didn't move at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other concern, which we kind of talked about, is if Bennington plays great these next two years, the Blues will end up losing him maybe when he becomes a free agent in 2021 when he asks for a hefty raise. And it seems like... Do you think... Anyone on this team, like, wants to leave St. Louis right now? That's crazy. And you mentioned before, and you're not wrong, that, like, if anyone on this team is the guy who's going to be like, no, I need the money I'm worth, Mm -hmm. or else it probably would be Jordan Bennington. But, like, who's who's anxious to get out of Dodge, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I realize Jordan Bennington's got, like, you know, a little bit more let's say, character, more flavor, more color than the other players on this team and maybe isn't, like, dying for a Midwest lifestyle. Mm -hmm. He's not like a lot of these other guys that have ended up just being family guys and are happy to kind of settle down in a good school district and all that. But, like, I don't think anybody's, like, anxious to get out of here right now. No. And so I don't think he's going to be, like, trying to get out. If we want to pay him more money in two years to keep him, we can do that. And by the way, in two years, won't we have Alan, Steen, Shin, and Schwartz off the books? Like, not necessarily like we're losing all those guys, but aren't all their current contracts done by then? I'd I'd say Petrangelo, too, but... Well, yeah, we're presumably... Extending, but yeah, if you don't think about Shen, yeah, or if you don't think we're signing Shen, which I doubt we are, yeah, Shen. I'm not even saying like their contracts will be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is what my main point. I gotcha. Yeah. In two years, Shen is gone after this year. Yeah. Yeah, we have how many forwards do you think we have locked up past two years from now? Um, O'Reilly, Tarasenko. Barb, no, not even. I don't know. It's three. It's, it's three. those two and David Perron. Perron. Oh, shit. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we've got yeah. total cap flexibility. Bozak is. We have. Cur- oh. We currently have in the 2021 2022 season, we currently have. Twenty-five, twenty-six million dollars committed towards the Stanley Cup, to the salary cap, yeah. which obviously will change. Mm-hmm. You have to extend Petrangelo. You aren't, you aren't letting all of those forwards walk. You aren't letting. You have to extend Robert Thomas by that point. What year is this? 2021-22 season. David Prime will not be here. David Prime will be a uh, Seattle, Seattle Thunderbird. Yeah, bitch yeah. pigeon. <laughs> but it's all of all of them saying yeah, yeah. is like whatever the team looks like, it may not look dramatically different. Mm-hmm. But you have total flexibility. I didn't actually. I'm actually kind of excited. I didn't realize how much cap flexibility we have in a couple of years, and that's great. 
But, like, this fear that we're just going to lose him in two years because we can't afford to pay him is unfounded. I think that's old, I think that's old school blues and mentality. Maybe, he's, maybe, maybe Doug knows that Quiff is coming, and he's like, maybe he's kind of intentionally like, okay, we're going to see what we have in 1920, and then we can, like, figure out what the team's going to look like from 2021 on. One of the funny things I read, too, is... I heard people, even Armstrong or somebody, just kind of hint at, like, if he plays really well, you know, we can talk extension in the second year or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, good. But if I had to bet, again, Jordan Bennington is the type that's like, fuck that. I'm I'm playing the second year. I'm going to get my value in mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Which is, I'm just saying, when that happens, don't be scared, because that's the human being that would do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is going to be a blue for a long time. But I don't. I don't know. Nothing about this contract has changed my opinion. It was just weird to see. I thought that was. I thought the contract looked great, and it was weird to see. Although I guess it shouldn't have been weird to see Blues fans on Twitter go like, "Oh my God, what is this?" I'm like, "What? How can this be a problem? How is this a problem?" <laughs> oh jeez. You know, you win the cup, and your fan base just don't change. This it blues, takes a while. These Blues fans have gotten really arrogant since winning the Cup. I'm sick of it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I just think it's a fine deal. Mm-hmm. As I said last week, I think, or the week before that, if you're giving somebody one, two, three years on something, it's automatically almost a fine deal mm-hmm. if they're not already 40, you know, yeah. or whatever. If you don't have, like, cap trouble, yeah. it's like, whatever. Um. So speaking of Jordan Bennington, we've got an interview that Jordan Bennington did with Sportsnet 590, which is one of the two big fa- big radio stations on in Toronto, and the t- two big sports stations in Toronto. Uh, he was interviewed by Steve Dangle and Ashley Docking, and he just had a, you know, they had a tri- typical, hey, you won the cup, you just signed a contract kind of interview. What the hell's going on? And he said some interesting things. He talked about his whole season a lot, you know, the whole fourth to first, fourth yeah. to cup sort of thing. He said, it happened pretty fast. I didn't have much time to think about it. I just kept going. After the season, I've had some time to reflect and kind of appreciate what's going on. Um, he was talking about the differences between the AHL and the NHL, and he pointed out that in the AHL, you play pretty much only weekends, and mm-hmm. you had the whole week to, like, they, they play three games and three nights there. Yeah. Which is <laughs> but uh, in the NHL, of course, you're playing every second or third day, typically, so you don't have the same rest schedule, and you've got to get your body prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he was asked if he had uh, any doubts in himself at any point, and I was a little surprised to say to hear him say, you have your days, it's not going to be perfect, it's how you handle it, you have to push through it and overcome that adversity. I have some good people around me who I can call for advice. Uh, one of those pieces of advice was, no regrets is a big one. We were living in the moment, and I didn't want to look back on this in five, ten years and be disappointed. I wanted to give it all I had. Uh, he was asked, he was talking about bringing the cup to people, and yeah. and they kind of, I think it was Steve Dangle who made the point, like, do you feel like the day with the cup, which is, you probably do, is like, isn't even really about you. You're just the guy with the Stanley oh, Cup, yeah, yeah. which is, I'm sure, largely true, especially in those public events and stuff. And he said, I'm a man of the people. I like bringing people together. It should be a fun day, and I'm really excited for it. And then he was 
Uh, oh, no, I'm thinking the other interview where he got cut off, so never mind. We'll talk about that later. But he f- finished by saying, it's been a lot of fun. It's just what you get for winning and going this far. You kind of got to get right back into it, and you don't get much of a break because, of course, he had his day with the cup last week, and then it passed to someone, and then it passed to someone else, and then it passed to Robbie Favre, mm-hmm. Ian. And do you know what Robbie Favre did? Did he break his knee again? <laughs> he hoisted the cup. Seemed like good odds. And his knee <laughs> shattered. Uh, Robbie Favre is at the source of some manufactured Twitter controversy mm-hmm. this week. Uh, because he allowed his dogs mm. to eat pasta, Lady in the Tramp style, out of the Stanley <laughs> Cup. Which... Is adorable. Also a little strange. I'll give him strange. Mm -hmm. But it does give us an opportunity to come to the worst take we've ever seen this week. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. So that's against the rules and you can't sit with us. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything. That could be considered a rational thought. The world. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. You can't sit with us! And may God have mercy on your soul. Mr. Ken Campbell, if I may call him Mr., which is probably too polite... Over this off. the hockey news. Not to be confused with the hockey writers. No, hockey news, not so good. The hockey writers, very so good. So good. Very great, yes. I hate this so passionately that I'm going to introduce it and let you speak. Okay. Mm, he saw Robbie Fabry feed his dogs out of the Stanley Cup. And old Ken, old Kenny boy, old Kenny, Ken, Kenny, Kenny Campbell boy, saw it to himself, Ken, this is an opportunity to get clicks. Which, to be fair, we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. So, mission accomplished, Kenny. You made it onto our podcast. <laughs> As you've always dreamed. And he said, hey guys, the Stanley Cup is not a toilet or a dog bowl or a feed bag. <laughs> so stop treating it that way. That, by the way, is the headline, which is a terrible headline. <laughs> it's way too long. Show some damn respect. Stanley Cup colon show some damn respect. That's how you get started. And the subtitle is, The Stanley Cup is the most beautiful trophy in sports, the most difficult to win, and has the most history. No Oxford comma, so you know he's a goddamn communist. So why don't players treat it like the treasure that it is? (sighs) 
one of the many beautiful things about the Stanley Cup is how tactile and accessible it is. Of all the championship trophies in professional sports, it is the most beautiful, and it's not even close. It's also the most difficult to win, the one with the most history, and the only one where those who work so, so hard to win it, from superstars to fourth liners, get to have their names etched on it from anywhere to, from 50, for anywhere from 52 to 65 years. It's also the only one that goes to each player and staff member for a day during the offseason. And in that sense, it has brought untold joy to thousands of people. An off-season day rarely goes by where the cup isn't brought to a hospital or used as a means of raising charitable funds. And that would not be the case if it were stuck behind unbreakable glass for most of the year. In that way, it feels almost like it belongs to everyone. It doesn't. But sometimes it feels that way. So how about the players who win it start using a little bit of common sense and treat it with the respect it deserves? He embedded one of his own tweets, always a classy move. I'm sure the next guy from the St. Louis Blues who gets the Stanley Cup will be thrilled that Robbie Fabry's dogs were eating spaghetti and meatballs out of it on Monday. It amazes me how the NHL allows, nay condones, same word, Ken, players treating the cup like it's a dog bowl. Go. (laughs) (laughs) And go. And see. If I buy a car, and let's say it's a Maserati, and then the next day after I buy it, I go, I want to paint it with house paint purple, but I only have one brush, and I just fuck it up. Oh, boy. I fucked that shit up real bad. And someone's like, wow, I can't believe they did that to their car. That doesn't matter. (laughs) It's my car. And I can do whatever the fuck I want with it, so long as it's not literally harming another human being. So, and this is very, and this is odd for me because normally I'm very much like treat things with respect. But like, I don't, I don't get it for that reason. I also don't get why this is. I guess it's the time to stand for it because the cup's being passed around. I don't really think this is a blues problem. There's a lot of people that took this personally as blues fans. I don't think that's the case. It's not like he's like the blues one. This is unfair. They're doing well, more more harm than they should be. If Connor McDavid's dogs ate out of it, oh. do you think he'd feel the same way? I am curious about that. Maybe Probably he'd feel not. more that way. I don't know because that'd be more quicks. But like, it's your day with the cup, and then he's like, "Do you think the next player is going to be happy that ate dogs ate stuff out of it?" They they clean the cup. It's a big metal bowl. They can clean it. I was like, what's... People people have had sex with the cup. I guarantee you. Oh, yes. People have slept with the cup. Yeah. People... Oh, excuse me. It's been covered in bodily fluids. What's the difference also between between a dog eating out of it and drinking margaritas out of it, which... Molly Bozak did. Water? You mean flat water? Salting the rim. Like, like for, for dogs? <laughs> like, <sighs> Jeff, Gift Jeff, I believe it was Gift Jeff, who made the very excellent point of these players have been seeking this one trophy for their entire lives. All of the Canadians, which is most of our team now, even like, even if you weren't a hockey player at a relatively young age, which to get to this level you probably were, mm-hmm. you probably grew up as a kid thinking about like, what if? Or winning the something. The same way that 
I, even if I didn't play organized baseball, thought about hitting a walk-off on running Bush Stadium mm-hmm. to win the World Series. Then they're told, welcome to the NHL, don't touch that thing. Don't do it, because it's a curse. Do not touch the thing. Don't look at the thing, don't think about touching the thing, don't touch the thing. And they go, if they're lucky, if they're Robert Thomas lucky, it takes them 82 games of a full season, and then as many as 28 more games, without ever winning four of seven in that time period, without ever losing four of seven Mm -hmm. in that time period, to (coughs) win the thing. And... Adam's, or Adam, I just looked at a text message from a guy named Adam. Jeff's point was, this is their day to, like, finally have dominion over the thing Mm -hmm. that has, to put it extremely, tormented them for their entire lives. Jay Vomeister, for the past... 10 years has probably periodically thought, what if I never do it? Mm-hmm. You know, Alex oh, Steen certainly. has certainly thought that Alex Steen is the father. Alex Steen is a very good hockey player. He is the son of a better hockey player. And neither of them had even played in a Stanley cup final game until this year. So do you think Alex Steen hasn't spent literally every second of his entire life thinking, I have to win that thing? For not only me, but for my legendary father. (laughs) For my father. (laughs) My father. I think his counter-argument would be like, oh, but then if you spent so much time and thinking about this and all this stuff, then shouldn't you, when you get it, shouldn't you be bowing down to it? kind of a horse's ass. I understand. (laughs) I'm not calling you out. No, no, yeah. I, that would be what he'd say. And what kind of a horse's ass do you have to be not to realize the obvious contradiction in your own thinking there? They have dominion over a thing. It's kind of like... It's almost like a voodoo doll or something. It's almost like they want to disrespect it a little it's bit. It's a little bit of a power trip. I think that's what it is. You... This thing, you've been under this thing for so long, and right now you are over this thing. You and, are now, technically, in a weird way, better than this trophy yeah, right now. and you may never be again. Yeah, you'll never get, you might never see this trophy again in your life. You may never touch it again. And the point he made, which is such... Vince Dunn took part of his 24 hours, which is what, 16 waking hours? I think they let you sleep with it. I mean, I assume it's with you early and Mm. with you as long as you want to be awake, but it's got to travel to the next place. Yeah. So it's got to leave at some point. I put mine in a baby carriage. (laughs) But Vince Dunn had, let's say, conservative, let's say generously, 16 waking hours with the cup. Mm. And he decided to use two or three of those to travel to Sick Kids Hospital in Detroit. Worst name for a hospital ever going on record for saying that. But he didn't have to do that. Mm. And like Ken Campbell said in his own stupid point, most players do that. Most players have done something. Well, first of all, if if it's Craig Berube, you know, if he's in his town of Callahoo of a thousand people in the middle of nowhere, if he stands 
at a platform for four hours and lets people walk up and take photos with him for the cup, that's kind of charity. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to use his day like that. They, it's a community-wide thing. And you're going to focus on the 30 seconds that he had spaghetti in it for his dogs to eat out of it? And why is it different for, like... I... Um, I <laughs> so, so dumb. So I don't, dumb. And then he did I the thing... Understand. Just a personal thing. I don't... I'm not trying to pump my own tires. But I tweeted one of his points... And I said, unless they disagree with Ken Campbell, in which case it's to the guillotine with them. And he did the thing I hate, where someone's obviously being hyperbolic and they take it very literally. And he did the whole, yes, I want to chop off people's heads. You got it. And it's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> you know what I meant. But it's just <laughs> like, That's when you double down. You go, yes, I meant you wanted to chop people's my, heads. My response, of which... I thought was pretty good, honestly, was being a writer, Ken, I thought you'd be familiar with hyperbole as a grammatical device. Bang on. He did not respond. So I just gave you a guillotine emoji. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sharpen your words, gentlemen. I just like, oh, why don't, why do people in hockey have to be shitty? They That's... have to, every, someone in hockey has to find a way to be shitty about everything. There's... It's why people in Toronto mm-hmm. freaked out because William Nylander chose the number 88, which Eric Lindros wore for 12 seconds in Toronto. It's old, it's old people. It generally. is. It's generally just old people being like, please, please don't Are do the thing I don't like. Are we going to be that way, though? No, we will. We will. Jesus, kill it's, me. It's happened already, Stephen. Do you see little boys running around by little boys? I mean, like teenage boys running around with like uh, high, high knee socks. What do you call these oh, socks right. that get to your oh. knee? And they're wearing they're wearing sandals, Stephen. Oh. And that's fine. I don't want to. No, it's not. It's, it's not. It's, it's, <laughs> the reason that upsets me uh-huh. is because that looks, in all honesty, comfortable. That looks very comfortable. If I did that in 2006, I would have been drawn and quartered. You would have been captured. If someone could have seen seen oh, an inch of you, my socks you saying, out of my shoe, yeah, I would have been drawn and quartered. Are you saying you? Yeah, I would literally, your classmates literally <laughs> would have drawn and quartered. Yeah, you. all of them knew what that was, <laughs> and we had horses on hand. Ah, uh, horses in the back. But yeah, you can't do... Back then, you had to have no-show socks, and I still do no-show socks, generally yeah, speaking. Yeah, and now you're a fucking nerd. That's what I mean. That's the split. I like that look. They look at me and go, what the fuck is that? And that makes me old now. Because oh, I won't, I refuse to change. And why would and you? And I'm better for it. Damn right. Damn right. This is America, damn it. Um, Can I salute you? No. <laughs> Uh, oh, this is my favorite paragraph. After that Robbie Fabry tweet, this is the most self-righteous bullshit I've ever read. Well, as many of you can imagine, I got what the kids called ratioed. That means the responses to my tweet was the response to my tweet was overwhelmingly negative. Some of the worst I've ever seen, and that's saying something. Yeah, because you tweet a lot of dumb shit, Ken. This led me to a couple of observations. One is that there is an inordinate number of idiotic cretins populating Twitter. Cretins, I suppose he'd want me to say. 
The other was one of sheer disbelief that I had to defend myself for suggesting the Stanley Cup should be treated with a modicum of respect. What you have to defend, Ken, is the moronic idea that anyone is disrespecting (coughs) the cup. That's what you have to respect or defend, you dolt. You dolt. I just, I... mm. No words. Stephen's reading. He's reading. I just, He's formulating. A, his whole point. His whole point <laughs> is self-defeating. He goes on to say, "Here's the thing with all those people who believe it's just boys being boys and let them have their fun. The first is that these guys are part of a culture where suspect is supposed to be paramount. They play for teams that embed their logos on the carpet in the dressing room, then cordon it off because God help us if somebody steps on it. Do you know what would happen to a player if he came off the ice after a game, peeled off his sweater, rolled it up into a ball, and tossed it on the floor for the equipment guy to pick up? Suffice to say, he probably wouldn't be healthy enough to play for the next month or so. Okay." Let me finish the paragraph. These guys have so much respect for the Stanley Cup that they don't even touch the Prince of Wales trophy or Clarence Campbell Bowl when they win it. So perhaps they might want to treat it with the reverence it deserves. If they think that, shithead, why are you the one that gets to prescribe what the respect is for them? I was like, if you're that tightly wound as a player, like I can't throw my jersey on on the ice, I can't throw my jersey... On the logo, I can't walk over the logo, I can't touch the Prince of Wales Cup. So when you win it, you're allowed to let loose for once, for a day. For one day, you're able to break out of this weird hockey cult where, like, we demand, these guys are so boring. But then they go, I don't really like this rule. And they go, oh my god, step back in line, sir. Like, give the, this is the one day, they won. They won. If you're upset about this, you should be upset about any sport, what is it, baseball? Don't they just like shoot champagne everywhere when they win a series? Like a series, mm-hmm. they're drinking a lot of it too. Kids see that. That's not very. That's not a very good. They image. do that when they friggin' quench the second yeah. wild card. But you know what I mean? Like they're eating. It's an embarrassment. That actually is yeah. an embarrassment. But like you're eating spaghetti out of the cup, and granted, they did the margarita thing too. But like literally, yeah, which, on, but he wasn't pissed about yeah. the margarita. But thing. literally on TV and other sports, dudes are just drinking up a storm. For not even the win, for not or not even like the win of the championship, like I don't I don't know. It just seems it's just confusing. They get one day to be a human, and most of the time they're still the weird NHL robot where they walk it around and take it to sick kids, and they take it to a different hospital and they take it to a charity event, and that's great. And we talked about it, but like they're still the same NHL robot where they're very nice. <laughs> And that's cool. And so one time someone goes, I'm going to have spaghetti get eat out of this by my dogs. And people go, that's not, that's not what the NHL is about. Except that's what it's always been about when like the Canadians lost it in like a lake and people have like kicked and dented Somebody it. Somebody took it to a strip club. Yeah, for sure. As you've said, many people have copulated near oh. on or in its vicinity. Illegal drugs snorted Children out of it. Children have been baptized yeah. in it. Children have taken craps in it accidentally or otherwise mm. god only god only knows what alex ovechkin did with it last mm. year it's just yeah i mean we'll move on but as far as i know and i i i'm the guy that hates the he never laced him up argument mm-hmm. but as far as i know ken campbell never played an nhl game 
and is pointing out how, what a rigid code of respect mm-hmm. these guys in the NHL have. And then is going to say, this is disrespecting the cup. Show me any NHL player who's won the cup, by the way, who's won the cup, that feels the same way, and maybe you have a point, but you don't. You just wanted clicks, and we just gave you verbal clicks. So Click, click, click. Good for you. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly was on with TSN 1050, <laughs> the other big sports network we on cover them Toronto all. Radio. It was a good short interview with Carlo Koliakovo. I saw and that. And some asshole. Oh, it kept interrupting Ryan O'Reilly, and it annoyed me. Um, it was just kind of a brief discussion about like what the journey from Sabres to Con Smythe was. And he said, The feeling that I had at the end of last year was just so disappointed. Then a change happens, and I was able to really focus on my own performance. When things were going wrong... Oh, he talked about the start of this season. He said, When things were going wrong, uh, we didn't break down and get selfish, and eventually things started to click. Bennington Chief, things started to click, and you get confidence. You win 11 in a row, and you think, we've got a chance here. Uh, He was asked about Bennington specifically, and he said, you didn't know what to expect coming in with Bennington. He just had that kind of excitement and energy that was kind of fresh. He stole a couple games by himself, and we thought, all right, we've got a chance here. I don't think anyone thought what was going to happen, and it's very impressive what he did. Do you have something to say? No, I was just saying, ooh, fresh. Oh. Ooh. Kids think he's fresh. Fresh face. See, I'm old. And then the best thing he said was, our whole group felt so much pressure in St. Louis. The whole city was just so ready to win. This is about winning in game six. There was so much going on that it just didn't line up. And when we went there, and he was talking, he was going to talk about how uh, they got to Boston and really felt like they were going to win it, but this Dork breath cut him off with some interruption and didn't let him finish his point and then threw the commercial to end the interview. So oh my god, I, would, I hate that. Yeah, I hate him deeply. Um, we'll talk about that off air. But I did, yeah. But but I did like how uh, Carlo Cuadrado was there. <laughs> yes, I did like how he honestly made the point about like yeah we uh felt too much pressure to win in st louis like that's kind of cool to like have a human being be a human being for once and Mm -hmm. be like yes that actually did affect us instead of Uh, being like oh no it was it was all us mm -hmm. it's all on the ice what's i mean whenever they're like yeah we we put that behind us i'm like okay this is again the nhl thing we're like no we're like a robot human Uh and it doesn't you know doesn't affect us like sure sure it does I know you're not going to admit to it, but it a thousand percent does. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking that when I wa- when we were walking down to the game six watch party on Market, and there was like a bazillion people already there, uh-huh. like three hours at a time, and we watched their their bus drive by, like their bus there. Oh, we, yeah. It was most certainly the Blues bus. Like the guy was wearing a Blues jersey driving it. I doubt that was the Boston guy. Anyways, but I remember thinking, oh my god. They see everyone here. I was like, I know they're going into the stadium where there's even more people, but like, or maybe less technically. I was like, I, I feel, I almost feel bad because if I were you, I'd be puking my guts out. I'm like, oh shit, there's like hundred thousand people here. They're gonna wait for this to happen. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And then you felt good that whole day. It never felt yeah, bad no, ever again. Nope. 
Um, speaking of feeling good and never feeling bad, let's do the core of this episode, which is a retrospective on the season last year. And I invite all of you to potentially even pause now and go back and listen to that. But at some point, go back and listen to the episode we did last year called Two Guys, One Retrospective around this time last season, where we talked about the past at the time two years now we went from missing the playoffs and losing david backus to missing the playoffs before firing mike yo and it was all crazy and we talked about how a rebuild was going on and mm. then we won the stanley cup again later, as, as we all expected as we predicted at the time you can go back and listen it is the it's w- the very last second though and you can only hear it if you listen to the whole episode <laughs> it's so. the weirdest thing looking at hockey reference and looking through our seasons and seeing like first round loss, first round loss, first round loss, uh, conference final loss. And then they go second round loss, no playoffs, win the Stanley Cup. Yes. And you go, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. weird. It's very weird. Um, would you like to lead this retrospective or shall I? Um, I can lead it, and you jump jump in with whatever you want. A very sh- loose note. I shall. Okay. So we start on July 1st. <laughs> if you're going to make that noise, <laughs> the podcast is over. <laughs> I am out. Uh, Don't you ever touch my fingy meat. <laughs> um, July 1st, 2018, where our story begins. <laughs> that was a Sunday. I was working, I was volunteering at a pet shelter in the morning, and I was like, neato. It was a Sunday. I do remember this. It was very weird, because normally it's like, I guess it's July 1st, it's when July 1st is, but yeah. I, I just always <laughs> felt like it was during the week, and know what? Odds are, it normally is. That's how five out of seven days work. Um, so, it was a Sunday I was, morning. I was just trying to remember, did you come here for like the no, I, stuff? No, I, you... I was not here at all, I don't think. Okay. Maybe? I can't remember. Usually we would do that sort yeah, of thing together maybe. with the opportunity to provide. Anyway. So. I'm just trying to, did we, ex- did we experience like, just the total, like. The Ryan O'Reilly thing was separate. I know that was at the end of the and day. And the other signings were separate. Anyway, let's go through the settings. Yeah. And... So in the morning, I remember looking at my phone and seeing that we had signed David Perron. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, all right. I like David Brown. <laughs> I think we were probably a little more critical than that, but no. But I mean, that was the start. So you I was were like, like, "Okay, fine signing. Okay, you've done it again. That's Doug. fine. Yeah, you've done your trademark move. The movie has done literally more than any other move. We most certainly signed David Brown. We most certainly thought there has to be more, and uh. there was more. <laughs> Pretty soon after that was announced, Tyler Bozak was signed. Is it weird to you, just real quickly, that David Brown? won the Stanley Cup as a blue in his third stand well, the team. well, that's the weird part. Yeah. It feels like he both always has been and isn't currently a, a St. Louis Blue. If I list all the... I listed all the players the other day for some reason and I forgot him. Just earlier when we did the contract thing, you weren't thinking like, yeah, David Perron's no. got three more years. He's not here. He would be the player I'd forget. A hundred percent if I was listing the forwards. He would be the one I'd be like, who am I forgetting? And you'd mm-hmm. be sitting there like, it's a pretty big one. You should get this one. Like, and, you know, he's a he's a blue, and I'd be like, no, nah, I don't think so. I don't know. You're wrong. <laughs> it is weird. Even weirder the Tyler Bozak sign in because maybe not weirder, 
but it upset oh, me. Oh, so, so disappointing. <laughs> because we had talked about nonstop last offseason, going into the offseason, that there were there were needs on this team, clear needs, and one of them was a center. There still are. Yeah. It was like we needed a number one center. We needed something to supplement Braden Shen because mm-hmm. he, couldn't, he couldn't be the only guy. And we got Tyler Bozak, and it was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no. And we overpaid for Tyler yeah, Bozak. Yeah, I was like, oh, no. Was John Tavares, John Tavares was signed on that day. Yes. But, like, it was already kind of figured out he was a Toronto Maple Leaf. Yeah, no, yes and no. It was down, like, we knew we were It was were like San Jose it. or Toronto. It was down to, a yeah. co- like, a handful of teams. So I was, was already like one thirty yeah. or two. It's like a good deal after the start of the thing that they were like, "Oh, he's a friggin' maple." So we were already sad. Yeah, we already knew that he was gone. <coughs> oh, that's true. But I mean, we I I personally was very pumped for the, the Bose- possibility. Oh yeah, for sure. We we were on that trend last year. What a wild. At year. one point, I believe I said, "I'll cop to it." But there was like a 50-50% chance that we signed John Tavares. <laughs> I know those words exited my mouth at some point. Not a great look yeah. in hindsight, but it I felt true at the I time. don't remember all the other signings to other teams that day other than Tavares. They came and they went and they went all over the place. Um, I bet they did. Ryan O'Reilly was not someone to be signed because he was still on a contract. There was a possibility for a trade at that point. It had not happened all day he had been linked to the blues there have been some thoughts on it the only reason it hadn't happened until that day was because of the bonus signing or whatever that we had that buffalo ended or we ended up paying right yeah it yeah, had to happen that day pretty much or buffalo would keep him another year okay. because they weren't going to pay the bonus and then trade him gotcha or if they paid the bonus and then traded him the price yeah. would be dramatically higher six pieces instead of five <laughs> And one of them might have to be good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think <laughs> the you, worst insult of all. So you were making dinner, and I think I had already finished eating dinner, but I was like in my kitchen. That would be apropos of us. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know where I heard. I don't even. I I don't know if I got an update. I don't I think you told. You didn't what tell me. To me, no. You were texting me, and I didn't mm. hear it. I know what happened to me though. I was cooking. Must have been something. Edible. It must have been something that like you need to focus on for a while. A souffle. Yes, <laughs> because as I you're one that. to do, as I as I do like to do from time to time. But I, I was I was away from my phone for like twenty minutes, and honest to God, the trade must have happened the second <laughs> I put it down. But the very first thing I saw was a text from as correspondent Jordan that just said FACTOR in all caps and I was like no and I was also like wait the Avs traded for yeah, you're like, Ryan O'Reilly sure. to get him back and I was like I guess that sort of makes sense but then I saw all the other texts and updates and I was just getting ecstatic I was out of my mind and it was the best I remember seeing what the what we were giving up to get him and it was still kind of we- like the first was like oh that's too bad you know but everything else is like this weird, like, that's not it. I think, yeah. That's not it. I think I am very immediately went, but we trade raped them. Oh, yeah. At no point did I think this like, was even. There was no point. I mean, we didn't, From the get-go, we didn't need it the con Smythe to be like... This was a this win was for a us. Trade. Yeah, exactly. It was like, 
a cat. It was cash neutral. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Ian! It was salary cap neutral. Uh, the rest of it almost didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And Ryan O'Reilly was a St. Louis Blue. If anything, now that I think about it, freeing up those two roster spots was also good for like obviously Bozak and Perron, but like even bringing up younger guys. Maroon, yeah, and Thomas, and bringing mm-hmm. up younger guys, yeah. July 10th, 2018, Patrick Maroon signs. I went from people going, we need to sign Patrick Maroon, and be like, I don't give a shit. I don't care. Uh-huh. I don't, we don't need him. To, for some reason, when we signed O'Reilly, I was like, yeah, fucking get Patrick Maroon. Do whatever you want. <laughs> get huh? I was like, yeah, now he, like, fit for some reason. Yeah. I was like, oh, now he fits well, on this team. Well, that was the thing about the, uh, the O'Reilly signing, the O'Reilly trade that, like, was... So great, because you were looking at, like, in that space before he was traded, but after the other moves, mm-hmm. you were looking at Tyler Bozak as a two-center mm-hmm. with, like, Steen and Perron on his wing. Conceivably, yeah. And that was not good. <laughs> <laughs> I was already trying and to do my best Mike Yo dressing up of Tyler yeah. Bozak, where my mind was like, He's fine. And I like. But, I no, mean, I, I like love Tyler, him but, now. I oh no, yeah. Him, but like, but I was still like, okay, how do I spin this to like? No, he is a good. And second he is a line fine center. player. He's a fi- he's a tremendous. It's kind of like what I think uh, Ryan Lambert said about Kevin Hayes. If he's your second line center, Kevin Hayes is a little better than mm-hmm. Tyler Bozak. Not two million dollars better, but certainly not five <laughs> years better. But in any case. It was like, if Kevin Hayes is your second-line center, you're probably all right. If he's your third-line center, you're fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that's what Tyler Bozak was. It's like, if he's your, when he was the second-line center, it was like, oh, boy, mm-hmm. I don't know. But when that O'Reilly trade happened and you were like, oh, shit, now he's your third-line center. And Looked Perron really is like your middle six winger and you've still got that Steen or that Shen Schwartz connection and Tarasenko can play up with O'Reilly and then it wasn't that long later that uh, I think Armstrong was like yeah honestly I think Thomas could play which was ridiculous he was high but he was like I think Thomas could center O'Reilly and Tarasenko by the end of the season or by like Christmas, wasn't I, it like by Thanksgiving I wish, or Christmas? I wish I would have. I wish that was a video of that because I'm like, because then he smirked, right? Like, <laughs> like because we're high on Thomas, and I was like, no, 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 you weirdo. But that, I mean, that was how quickly the lineup felt like it came together, you know? Yeah. Well, if he's that happy about the acquisition and where they can put everyone, mm-hmm. that just makes you feel even better. Let's see. So yes, July 10th, Patrick Maroon signs. He fits in. Where he got our big body, like in front of the net. We're, we're looking at a team that's all of a sudden like a Stanley Cup contender, which again is the just such a non-word to me now, because like there's 16 teams that are actual contenders. And uh-huh. It's like, this team should be in the playoffs, essentially. Um, October 4th, Blues open the season <whistles> at home <laughs> against Winnipeg, and they lose 5-1, to one, and the, the earth comes crashing down. You are remembered, you are reminded that you are rooting for the St. Louis Blues mm. and that all your acquisitions mean Jack because you're a St. Louis Blues fan. Not really, but just like, again, season opener, not a big deal. 0-1 to start the season. I do remember feeling a little upset. It was 5-1, to one, right? 
Mm-hmm. Five to one. That's not. That's not fine. Your home opener. That's not this, okay. In all honesty, and this I was mean, just like, a sign of more things to come at home. But that was the thing. Like we, that was one of those <coughs> things that I feel like happened a lot during the early part of the season. Where it's like a lot of people, and, and this isn't to target anyone, but a lot of people are like, you can't read too much into this. This is one game. And then we were kind of like, you can't read nothing into this, mm. you know? That's your division rival. Your division rival that should be like a benchmark, a team, you know, you need to play good against sort of thing. And you just laid an egg. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to be bad. Or it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to just be flat as a pancake against a division rival on home on the home opener. Man, what a week! But like, did the season not immediately improve? In no, it didn't. <laughs> but that home opener, that I think about it. What that informs the first half of the season. That really informs lots of games at home. That's lots just of like, games where you're like, how did how did they lose this? Imagine game? if you could run into a wall. At 60 miles an hour, but not be hurt at all. That's what that'd feel like. It's like a roller coaster, mm. I imagine, although I hate roller coasters. But it's like that moment where it's like, I'm physically fine. Everything is awful. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was such a, it was so, it was this extreme swing from like your high. On July 1st, when you yeah. get O'Reilly, and then even more so when you have Maroon, you're like on this incredible high, and you've got this whole summer where it's like, you know, you're going to the, they had the draft, well, they already had the draft, yeah. and they had the prospect thing, and that's great. Oh, we went and to we when they just, when they showed everyone, when they showed everyone yeah. off at Ballpark okay. Village, and the remember new, that? The new third jerseys and everything, yeah. yeah. And all the new arrivals, and Chad Johnson was there. I was about to say, there. Chad Johnson was there, of course, <laughs> of course he was. Um, but... Does he is his name on the cup? I'd almost want it if I was Chad Johnson. Mm, I, yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, thank you. you. <laughs> That's bad juju. You take it. They paid us to take it. But yeah, you go from that all of that summer of just anticipation and excitement to just smack against the wall of five one Winnipeg. But it got real better real quick, right? Yes, on October twenty seventh, the Blues beat Chicago seven to three. That is the last game in October for the Blues, and they end it 3-4-3. Three, three. Uh, Davis Payne was fired for a better record. Davis Payne was fired at 6-7, and seven, I believe, 6-8. and eight. And this is a 3-4-3 three, and three record on October 27th. Mike Yo, still head coach. Somewhere in here, I don't remember the date. Mike Yo, of course, as we all know says that his job should be in question. <laughs> that that line will live with me forever. I My job it. should be in question. <laughs> I love it. I love what it. What a like weird take. I love it because it I makes sense, it. but at the same time, it's like Who no, that? no. This is hockey. You just double down until they fire your ass, and you go, yeah, it just wasn't meant to be. Stuff wasn't working. You know, thanks to the organization for it. You know, it's like that seems like the you know when um. John Tortorella says some batshit crazy stuff, mm-hmm. and then there'll always be a media member that goes, he's not crazy, he's just absorbing the media for the team. He's just making it about him so the team doesn't have to answer for it. You know, yeah. he's a good guy. And I'm like, is this Mike Yo being like, my job should be in question. Don't worry, guys, I'll take the heat. Yeah, come at me, I'm Mike Yo, I'm crazy as shit. Come after me, 
I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. <laughs> like, people are like, yeah, Mike, we are coming after you. <laughs> There's no, there's no deflecting. We want you gone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. My job should be in that's, question. This is a weird thing. It's like a constantly self-fulfilling prophecy. My job should be in question. Yeah, your job should be in question. Yeah, yeah my job should be in question. It's like, yeah. Jesus, Mike. Uh, let's see. They string the Blues string together some other great losses. November third, Blues lose five to one in Minnesota. November seventeenth. Blues lose 4-0 to San Jose. That was the game where it was just like, oh, so you're not going to fire Mike Yo. Mm. That was the one, I believe that one, or maybe the one right before that. Well, certainly both. But that was the one where I think Twitter collectively was just like, what the Anything? I don't think, like, maybe there were one or two just, like, extremely positive people, but I think for the most part, everyone was like, you have to fire him Mm -hmm. now. And, like, it wasn't, like, even even when Mike Matheny was fired, like, five years into his tenure, a lot of people were like, eh, I don't know that it's really his fault. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, maybe not, but he's got to go. And with the O, it was just universal. Like, oh, no. Yeah, some people were nice about it, but like, no, I think he just needs to move on, you know. And it's like, yeah. So everyone in one way or another is like, get out. Moveon.org. Yeah, you don't have to wait much longer. Uh, two days later, November 19th, the Blues lost to the last place LA Kings in St. Louis. Two to nothing. Mike Yo is fired. Craig Berube is promoted to interim head coach. We've talked about this before. I was at this game. I cheered for the Blues to lose. I loved it. I wanted this team to lose the last place LA Kings. I needed that in my life. I slapped my knee hot dog when that rookie player, whoever the hell it was, scored his first goal ever in the NHL against the Blues in a breakaway. Thank God it was 2-0. The hot dog game. I'll always we remember We scored that. a goal on that one? No, 2-0. 2-0? We got blanked back-to-back by the Sharks. Who were terrible that in that, that year? Stretch, yeah. Was that the game in which Eric Carlson scored his first goal? I think it was. Probably. Because it was like preposterously late into the season. That 2 0 loss to the Kings, not that Jonathan Quick is like Jonathan Quick of old. It wasn't even Jonathan Quick, it was some rando. It was someone I'd never heard of before because Peter Budai is not on that team anymore. It wasn't um, Darcy Kemper, that dude's in Arizona. I don't know who it was. Was it Peterson? Was yeah, it I think it was Peterson? like Peterson. Yeah. Yep. Just yep. a nobody. I came home. I went inside my apartment with people that had come to the game with me. They were walking out to their car as I was like, I don't understand. They have to fire him. And it popped up on my phone. And I ran out and I yelled at them as they were driving away with their windows down. Mike Yozman fired. They stopped and honked the horn and cheered. And I did karate. <laughs> I punched. I've never heard that story. <laughs> I punched. What? The sky. You punched the sun right out of the sky? This is a real thing. Yeah, I ran outside and said, Mike Yo's been fired. Why have you never told me this story before? I probably have. I don't think so. I I, don't think so. I ran around on the front lawn and then ran back in the apartment. (laughs) I was so happy. That's amazing. And blues. And blues. blues. Steven, the season got better instantly. Except it didn't get better instantly. It was still very sad. On November 24th, only five days later, the Blues lose 8-4 to Winnipeg. At least this time, we didn't get limited to one goal, so that's nice. 
Eight to four. Was this? Eight to four. That's Patrick Line. Was that yeah, the I five so. goals from Patrick Line? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's oh, the one. Jesus Christ. What date was that? November 24th. There were so many Patrick losses. Patrick scored five goals yeah. on November 24th. Yep. <laughs> Gotta see it, says Sportsnet on YouTube. Patrick Line tortures the Blues with five He's not goals. the only one. He's not the only one. Uh, how? Do you remember how embarrassed how? how we just didn't cover him? I think there were comments at the time about, like, didn't he make a comment about, like, yeah, I couldn't believe they were not covered. Yeah. Oh, it was like, no. yeah. <laughs> Folks. Wait a second. That's the first time. We did a, a Google Doc was right was the episode Mike Yo was fired, so we can find those comments. Oh really? Oh wow! Like I can't make it more um, important. I don't know. I've lost my words. I can't make it more. Uh, yeah, we'll just say important. That like people go back and look at the season and how awful it was to start. It was not like the Blues were bad. The Blues were awful. They were terrible. They were one of the worst hockey performances I've ever <laughs> seen ever. One of the worst hockey performing teams of performances. Yeah, they're just, they were so bad. They're frying my brain with how bad they were. We'll get to some of these other losses, but there were huge goal differentials in these losses. This team did not show up often, most of the time. Most of the time they were bad. It's insane to me that Ryan O'Reilly was good this entire time, too. That's the one that really gets <coughs> confusing. The entire time this team was just tanking, that dude was a point per game. He, deser- he deserves the con Smythe, which is for playoff performance, whatever, on his regular season performance alone. He kept this team relevant from being, a li- like, literally in the garbage. <laughs> I finally found it. Oh, no. Our whole show notes for that game was just line A goals. Yikes. <laughs> goal, you want to relive it briefly? Yeah. Goal one, just a hard clapper on a one-timer. Fine. <laughs> goal two, classic Winnipeg power play goal. Shifley stick lifts Shin to no resistance. Goal three, how? Why? Is it three on one? But it's three on one with Line. So, and we did the little shrug emoji, but the one that you had to draw out with all the things. Mm-hmm. Goal four, Sunquist tries to dangle in front of his own fucking net. Goal five, what the fuck? <laughs> And Patrick Wine says, I was pretty surprised that I was wide open and had the time to look where I'm shooting and kind of pick the spot. So I think with that goal, I was pretty surprised how open I was. And Kyle Connor. Yeah. Was this the birth of Valley Girl Kyle Connor? No, that's just how he talks. Yeah. Said, um, yeah. He actually did say So this was the birth of Kyle Connor. Um, yeah. I wouldn't leave him wide open in this slot. I don't know what's going on over there, but he seems to just be finding the right holes. I bet he does. And it seems like he's always open Two. Good to him. He knows how to find those open areas. Was that one-sixth of his total goals on the season? It had to have been pretty close. He didn't score. Did he get to 30 this year? That would make it... We'll see. 
Hold on a second. It's loading. Keep loading, 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 loading. You know how. I'm going to say he hit. I'm going to say 30 exactly. Okay, that's good. I was going to say, I thought he had 31. That's the sixth of his goals. Is that? That's, what, 17%? That's embarrassing for us. I mean, for sure. Is it embarrassing for him? It's both. It's both. both, It's both. But it's mostly us. Mm -hmm. It's mostly us, I feel like, right? Yeah. So, Steven, after that 8-4 loss, the Blues, they got it together. That's they were like... 16.6% of his goal. Mm. The Blues said, we're not going to let shit like that happen again. And they beat the uh, Avalanche in late November, November 29th to be exact, 3-2 to two in overtime. Do you remember that? That was the that was... take your equipment, take your illegal equipment and shove it call by Chris Kerber, mm-hmm. right? Was this not also the Ryan O'Reilly? Take. This is the Ryan O'Reilly behind the zone net all the way down the ice and scores? Yeah. Or was that the Toronto goal? No, that's this one. Okay. We we had a hot take, I believe, on this episode. No, O'Reilly might have been... Was his the Toronto goal? I think No, that... Pareko... No, no. He he won it in overtime here. Pareko got the late... He got an overtime winner near this, I think. But Okay. Either way, it was a great 3-2 OT goal. It was what like was a the guts... date? For that one, November 29th, I think. It was a gutsy win. I remember that much. I remember people being happy about that win. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, after that win, on December 1st, the Blues go to Arizona. And they're they're riding high. I remember distinctly saying, you, this is, that's the game. That turns That's us the around. game where you if if uh, I remember saying if there's going to be one, mm-hmm. no Colton Pareko won that in overtime yeah. with the tippy thing where he yeah. fought off whoever. So Rowan O'Reilly must have been game eleven. Yeah. Um, that yeah I remember saying if there's going to be a turnaround this season, this has to be it. Mm-hmm. This has to be it, and you've got Arizona next and they suck so you'll steamroll them. And what did we do? We did that, right? Mm-hmm. They the Blues lost Arizona six to one. Jeez. I don't think I watched this one. I think I looked at. I was doing something. Yeah. I think you texted me, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I don't know why I was surprised on any of these losses anymore. I shouldn't have been numb to these. You would think, but we weren't. There was still hope. We have too many emotions. There's too. There's still hope. Uh, December 9th, 2018, only eight days later, the Blues lose 6-1 to to Vancouver, but Jordan Bennington is recalled from the San Antonio Rampage, and the next day, Chad Johnson is waved by the Blues. Bye-bye! He got waved, too. This... Also, the practice fight was right in there. Oh, yeah. The real only important moment this season. So important, I didn't write it down. <laughs> I It was so important. I was like, everyone already knows about the practice fight. They know that's what They've memorized was the, the catalyst. Date. It's on their Stanley Cup tattoos. December 10th. There you go, yeah. Chad Johnson was waiting by the Blues. They fight. They're, they fought because Chad Johnson left. <laughs> I like Chad they Johnson. They fought over his love. No, I like Chad Johnson. <laughs> How dare you, Robert. Sanford. <laughs> Zach, Zach Sanford. Zach Vortuzo, Sanford, Robert, oh, Robert, God. Robert. 
Yes. Oh, boy. So, yeah. So, of course, bring Jordan Benning up. We don't play him yet. But Chad Johnson was the problem. That was the whole problem. But So, of course, the Blues start winning, except they don't. They lose to Calgary 7-2. to two. Uh, Four days later, remember, they lose to Vancouver 5-1. to one. You remember how when we waved Chad Johnson, we were like, well, at least they did something. I was happy that we they had a young like, goalie up finally. They, they had to play. They would have to play Jordan Bennington, and it was fun because he was unknown. And what we're not talking about in connection with all this <coughs> is mounting trade rumors, just growing and growing that mm-hmm. they were going to trade anything that wasn't nailed down. Yeah. They were ready to tear it down. Petrangelo's on the board. Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. Everybody was on the board. Bo Meester. was a, a game, apparently, from being just outright see a bye waved. Hmm. Just eat the contract and see ya. It's tough times. That's right. Oh, God. And we turned it around immediately, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, 7-2 Calgary loss, 5-1 Vancouver loss, 6-1 Pittsburgh loss. I don't even remember that one. I must have been numb at that point. Ah, another loss. I was right around Christmas. I was probably happy and just not paying attention. No, I do remember that one. I watched it on my iPad, and I was very upset in my grandmother's basement. January 3rd, 2019. Blues sit dead last in the NHL. They're 16, 18, and 4. Surprised they didn't fire Craig Bruby at that point, quite honestly. 11. 16, 18, and 4. 11 of those 18 regulation losses had a goal differential of 3 or more. How is that possible? Almost two-thirds of their regulation losses were by three goals or more. And in fact, if I went back and told you, I think maybe eight of them were four goals or more. This team got blitzed. This team got blitzed at home. How did we survive? Uh... I'm going to have to go back and listen to those old podcasts because... I'm sure we were angry, but I don't remember being as angry as I feel like we should have been. I'm sure we were. We get very angry. We have one called Anger Man into the Anger. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not angry enough. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, that would have been that would have been in that stretch right before Christmas. Holy shit. I remember being at home for a few of these at my parents and watching and being like, okay, we'll beat Vancouver. And it was like, no, uh, Elias Patterson's really good. I guess we lose. That was the thing. Was everyone where you maybe thought like, oh, well, this could be like even a bad team could win this game. Those were the (laughs) ones where you somehow got blitz. Mm -hmm. Jeez. Did it ever turn around for the squad? I don't think so. Uh, I do want to point out that Ryan O'Reilly at the 42 game mark had 42 points. Very consistent. Ryan O'Reilly, we said it last and episode. really, really sexy. Oh, yeah. Well, we said that, too. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't put it fast. <laughs> if Ryan O'Reilly is not that good for the first half of the season, this team is blown up sooner. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. We don't make the playoffs. We don't make the playoffs. Jordan Bennington might still play. We might have drafted but, Jack Hughes. Yeah. Man, there was that was man that was <laughs> we were what we were pushing for. Lose for Hughes stage in this mm-hmm. season. We were like, we got to get that top ten pick because to save our pick or tap vote for Capo, mm. <laughs> as people say. 
sudden, you know how people said that. But if Ryan O'Reilly wasn't that good, you don't see Jordan Bennington, and if you do, he's in front of a vastly different team. Pride doesn't perform as well, and it's just it's Ryan O'Reilly to me gets the con Smythe, and like because he saved this team by just being consistently good. Jordan Bennington, obviously, a huge part of this. But I always think Ryan O'Reilly's first half, obviously, is consistent in the second half. But then Jordan Bennington's the second half of the season, which is on January 7th, 2019. Jordan Bennington starts his first NHL game, gets the win and a shutout against the Flyers in Philadelphia, 3 to nothing. This is also against, uh, I can't remember his first name, Hart. What's his first name for the Flyers? Carter. Carter. I was like, Connor? Carter. Carter. Carter Hart. Carter Hart. The other young phenom goalie, although he's supposed to be good, and Jordan Bennington was our fourth string goalie. <laughs> Suck on that, Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Uh, Jan- and then, I mean, I have some sparse notes here, but from then on, the Blues win. From this, <laughs> we've, we've focused a lot on all the down times because there are lots of wins, but they're they're... To be honest, I don't remember them as much, other than the 11-game winning streak. What I remember distinctly is still this, and this is still true. We talked about at one point, <coughs> I think near the turnaround. Mm-hmm. I think we had to, I think we started to get hot for us to talk about this. Where we were like, this is what the Blues would realistically have to go. Oh yeah, it was something ridiculous. It was like 28 and 14 or something. When they were re- when yeah. they were way in back, yeah, it was basically win two out of every three games, yeah, or get like sixty six percent of your points at the mm. very least. And you had to hope for other teams to lose. You yeah. had to hope other teams all above you had to start stinking. Absolutely, and then they had an eleven game winning streak. They did. Blues go on an eleven game winning streak from January twenty third to February nineteenth. The dates are a little inflated because our first win is right before the All Star break. Uh, but we beat Anaheim, Columbus, Florida, Tampa Bay, and uh, that's a shutout. I believe that was one nothing. Was that Braden Shen? I think so. That was Braden Shen scoring a goal against Vasilevsky. Just kind of leaked through him right at the end in overtime. Uh, Nashville, Nashville back and back to back, home and away. That one's those. That game, which was huge. on January, what did you say it was? Uh, this uh, these are just in between uh, January twenty third and well, February nineteenth. Well, that 19th. game where he scored that goal was yeah. his tenth goal of the season for Shen, which was not great. No, but like that, I'm not. I'm. I'm just gonna say it. I think Braden Shen was the problem during the first half. Oh shit! <laughs> but like the Tampa, Bay... I don't Bay, think that. Just for the record, for anyone that's yeah. listening, the Tampa Bay shutout, the one zero win in Tampa mm-hmm. was huge. And I remember thinking, if you just win one of these two Nashville games, I'll feel happy. Mm-hmm. And we won both. I believe one of them was an OT win, too, with Tarasenko scoring that goal. OT win, yeah. The one where he walks uh, Yossi. Oh. It's so good. It's sexy. It's so good. We play New Jersey. I believe I was at this game. We beat them 8-3 to three or something like that. And I was like, oh, poor, poor, uh, whatever their goalie's name is. Oh, Keith Kincaid. Yeah, that's it. I remember just actively feeling so bad. I felt for bad for him. It was Which is weird because we did that 25 times. We Or we received that like 25 times mm-hmm. this season. Let's see. Then it, we went on after New Jersey beat Arizona. That was a shutout. Colorado, that was a shutout. Minnesota, that was another did shutout. 
Toronto, that was the overtime win with Ryan O'Reilly's goal at the end. That was 11 games in a row. That was a franchise record. And you start to believe a little. I can't believe that we did that. But it happened. Right? Did, did I mean, it happen? yeah, it did. Did anything <laughs> did we're talking about happen? The, in that stretch, the Blues scored 43 goals and only allowed 16. It was a whole different team. Yeah. I don't know how that came to be. Like, I don't... Jordan Bennington. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We won't, I'm not going to hammer the other goalie, but like when you have a goalie that's making stops, you start, you start, you get confident. And when people are like, well, they should play, you know, that shouldn't matter. It's kind of like playing at home in front of a bazillion people and winning the cup on home ice, like the Blues and game six, the Stanley Cup final. Shouldn't matter if, because there should be robots, but it does and it affects them. So mm-hmm. when you don't have confidence in the guy behind you, and then you gain some confidence in the guy behind you, you are going to play better. You just are. I'm not going to say that's the whole reason. They brought Craig Brube also has a huge part to play in all this and getting these guys to play together. Mm-hmm. But, it is, but that is part of it. That's yeah. a crucial part as to why they turned it around. They had confidence in how they were playing. And what's crazy is we got to... We clinched the playoffs on March 29th. Hmm. Which is crazy early for how bad we were. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't we have been clinching like <laughs> the last day? And we, that's the thing we don't maybe talk about enough. <coughs> First overall was in play for us. Mm-hmm. And thank God we didn't get it because Home Ice Advantage would have been a disaster the way we played in the playoffs. Oh. But like, we could have won, or not first overall, but won the division mm-hmm. on the last day of the year. Or the last two, I think we needed to win the last two and one lost one of them or something like that. Mm. But like, that was crazy. Just the regular season alone. Mm. If you just removed the playoffs where we won the Stanley Cup because we did that. Spoiler: mm. Stanley Cup champions. If you just remove the postseason, that season was insane. Yeah. And we are doing that. Stay tuned for part. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but in depth game reviews. Yeah. I don't know how we survived. I don't know how we, you and I, survived. We did episodes for every playoff game, mm-hmm. pretty much. We were insane. We're doing it again next year. Mm-hmm. We're we're making a episode for every regular season game. <laughs> an hour and a half of analysis. Can you imagine? Play by play. Who took the face off on this play? I don't know. Let me check the minutes. (laughs) You mean the minute. Oh. (laughs) You. Uh, You want to take us through these playoffs? Let's do it. Folks, you remember the playoffs. It was a fun time. It was fun times. It was also very scary. (laughs) Holy shit. Oh. It's easy to think about now. I'm like, what a fun time that was. Also, the worst time of my life. Yeah. Just in terms of pure anxiety. Really genuinely one of the most stressful periods yeah. of my life. In fact, when it was over, I think my body like still feels like it needs to be anxious about something. It's It's been conditioned over the last two months to be constantly scared. And now it doesn't know what to be. So it's just still scared. Um, first round, Blues play the Winnipeg Jets. What do you think of that matchup? Before it even I started. I thought it was a disaster. Yeah. 
Remember, this is the team we lost 5-1 to. This is the team we lost 8-4 to. Cirque didn't like that. <laughs> That's right, Kat. She didn't like the Winnipeg Jets at all. That it was not my favorite matchup. I can't rem- <laughs> I think... I don't remember what time I I'm gave really, them the rose. I'm really worried, by the way, that people think we're abusing the cat. She no. was just walking in the hallway and angry. That's that just the how she sounds. Closed. Yeah. Late, though, right? Or early, I would think. Yeah. The At Dallas what? Stars were the not first out. Yeah, they were the first out. I want to say Winnipeg was next. Probably. I think I was feeling... Uh, I need to go back and listen to that episode. I feel like I was feeling a Colorado matchup. A possible Colorado-Nashville matchup, because we played Nashville really hard, too, or really well, too. Yeah. Yeah. I did not like this Winnipeg matchup. They they just seemed like... what They they made it to the third round the mm-hmm. previous year and lost to Vegas, because they just ran out of a little steam, in my opinion. So I was like, you know what? They've learned... They added Kevin Hayes. Mm-hmm. They seemed deep. They had Connor Hellebuck. I was frightened. We didn't know what Jordan Bennington was going to be in the playoffs. Mm. It just seemed it seemed disastrous to me. And we were going to the whiteout for game one and two, which I was sure we were going to lose. Mm. We did not. <laughs> Spoiler! The Blues win in Winnipeg both of the first two games. Win the first one 2-1, to one, win the second one 4-3. to three. I'm trying to remember. I know Tyler Bozak scored, like, the second goal for the Blues in the first game, and I was like, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. And we held on. And then the game four, or game two, I want to say, that's when, like, Patrick Maroon put one in late. It was literally back and forth. Like, we went up 3-2. They tied it 3-3 pretty close right after that, and then we made it 4-3 with, like, a minute left or so. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God. Yep. I just remember thinking, oh, just don't let don't let them pull the goalie because we're not going to score an empty netter for <laughs> sure, and they'll most certainly tie it. God, and we didn't even know we didn't even know what our struggles <laughs> with empty netters no. would become. So, feeling confident, going back to St. Louis, you're like, wow, I did. I was I was going to be happy with a one one. Yep, coming back to St. Louis, but it was two zero. I also remember thinking, we've seen the two zero lead before. We've seen this before. We've seen it against L.A. We've seen it against Chicago. You got a 2-0 lead. You're going to win the series. Oh, you lose four in a oh, row. Just I mean, going to sneak past you there, yeah. said the Winnipeg Jets. And they it looked like that's what was going to happen. Winnipeg beats the Blues 6-3 to in the Game 3. They beat the Blues 2-1 to in overtime in Game 4. I believe that's like, uh, who was that? That was Kyle Connor goal, I believe. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just remember watching it happen, and it's like you could see it before it happened. Like, yeah, this is it. This is the one. No one's covering that guy. Yeah, and it's in. You're like, I can see he's wide open. I mean, to be fair, I said that seventeen yeah. times in the Dallas. This is the game, goal. <laughs> this is the goal. Oh boy. And then the Blues. You remember yeah. we would switch off watching and not watching. Uh, it was mostly me watching. You mostly watched. I mostly. I kept going. Oh, this is the one. It's over. It's over. Oh, I was God. not making it any better. No. But that's later. Keep yeah. talking about this series. Game five. Blues go back to Winnipeg. They win three to two. This is the. This is the one where Darren Pan goes. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> this is the Braden Shen breaks his stick. Is it Braden Shen? Mm-hmm. Tyler Bozak comes on. He's a right-handed shot. 
He goes to the sideboards. Which we didn't have any of before this mm. season. Was this also one where, is this the play where they've criticized Truba for not, like, eating the puck? Yeah. He should have just, so. like, ate it behind the net, but instead he tries to send it up the side. Bozek picks it off, tosses it in World front. World-class defenseman Jacob Truba. Yeah, he's out of there. This is why, this is why they got <laughs> rid of him. See ya! This is why they got Neil Pionk now. Pionk! Goes to Jaden Schwartz in front of that, he taps it in, pass Hallibuck. Blues win 3-2 with like 15 seconds left when they score. Blues come back to and St. You're Louis. you're thinking what? Probably they lose, right? It's weird because in my head now, I'm like, oh, they gotta, like, knowing what we know, I'm like, no, this Blues team wins that game. Uh-huh. But now, yeah, you're but right. Time, I probably thought like, they lost. Yeah, for sure. They lose for sure. Yeah, most likely. And then Jane Schwartz scores a hat trick. It's 3 nothing. In the third period, it's three what to nothing. What a game that was. You can go back and listen to our, our game after, or our... Uh, we were at Ballpark Village. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Did we watch any other ones at Ballpark? No, that was it. Yeah, we watched others downtown. But, but not at Ballpark, ballpark no. Ballpark, yeah. Go down to Ballpark Village. It doesn't get enough press, I'm sure. Go on down to Ballpark, you can have yourself time. You know. You know yeah. how they have a theater Trademarked. <laughs> um, yeah. They score two late ones, the Jets do. It gets really tense in Ballpark Village. It's like, oh my god, they will lose it. And they don't. And it's elation. because for It that, really seemed like they were going to lose it for a minute. Winning in six games against Winnipeg Jets, who I thought we were going to lose to for sure, in hindsight, or putting myself in that perspective from back then, that was like the Stanley Cup to me. Uh-huh. I was overjoyed. I was like... If they lose the second round, that's okay. I mean, it wouldn't have been okay, but I said, that's okay. Yeah, it was it was amazing, and I think the biggest thing to take away from that series was that Jordan Bennington uh, didn't flinch. Jordan nope. Bennington, he had a rough game 6-3, but like other than that, didn't flinch. Especially, it was huge to see that away in like what's supposedly one of the most hostile or just like loud environments at the MTS Center. Yeah. The fact that we won all three in Winnipeg mm-hmm. was really like, that, that should have been an awakening for us. It mm-hmm. wasn't, because it was. we're timid, frightened creatures. <laughs> yeah. That should have been the wake-up call. The Blues move on to the second round to face the Dallas Stars. I, again... Dallas! I'm scared. Stars! This is the team I wanted to face the least. Dallas! And I think I was right Dallas to have that fear. Stars. It was our hardest series. They're the fastest this team we played. This was the only series in which we were facing elimination. Well. Other than in Game 7. Yeah. <laughs> other than that one series. Yeah, that but team. that's different to me still. We would have been eliminated, Stephen. The other team would have won. I get it. <laughs> I do understand how it works, Ian. <laughs> um, I get it. We were at game this one. This is the only series where we were down 3-2. Are you happy there now? There you go. Well, that's the truth. <laughs> such a prick. Uh, <laughs> we were at game one. We were. I wonder if I forgot boss. that we attended a playoff game. Yeah. Live in, in the stadium. Oh, extremely good. <laughs> Thanks. Much above my pay grade. Much above mine, <laughs> too. What, ha- what happened to that game? <laughs> Robbie Fabry scored a goal. Tarasenko scored two. He scored yes, two. Yes, and they scored a goal that something was late. Oh, after the whistle, there was a whistle, 
We did a lot of research. And no, that remember this? Yeah. There was a whistle and we broke it down on the post game or the next episode we did and it was like that shouldn't have been a goal, but yeah, he really it's cares. Like he blew the whistle, but he didn't he wasn't supposed to. He blew or the whatever. whistle and then they reviewed it and they were like, Oh, but he didn't int- or like he should have not. Yeah, <laughs> not like the and weirdest like, like okay. But, but he, he did. did. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So many opportunities. I mean, I know we won that game, but so many little opportunities to like just lose, lose. our mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, blues. Speaking of lose, uh, and that's lose. that was such a minor controversy yeah. that didn't even register on the whole list. Of- yeah, Blues lose four two in game two against Dallas. I think I was somewhere else. I heard that on the radio. Um, I don't remember much about that game. Do you? I sure don't. No, I want to say it was unpleasant. <laughs> it was. Blues go to Dallas and they win four to three. This was Holy Diver. Yes, the Lindell one man dive team. You'll remember Robert Bortuzzo pushed him once, not oh. or not once, not twice, but three times. And on the third push, he dove extra hard. And then right before the game winning goal by Patrick Maroon. He also dove, and because he dove, Patrick was open, and he put the puck in the back of the net. Fuck you, Essa. I will always always remember you for that. A relatively meaningless NHL player who got a fat contract. I will always remember that. Someone will say, Essa Lindell had a really good season in three years. And I'll go, yeah, that guy dove uh, in game three. (laughs) You mean dive, Lindell? Yeah, boom. I will never I really cleaned up his act. I don't friggin' care. What a memorable season. Did you know that the four goals scored in game two were scored by Rupe Hintz, Miro Haskinen, Matthias Janmark, and Rupe Hintz again? I just wanted to say those names. Mm. Rupe Hintz, good player. Good player. Blues lose. Game four. Four to two. I don't remember that game either. I don't either. God, this this series really melted together. Yeah, but I do remember... I can tell you who did what. I remember St. Louis versus Dallas. Tarasenko opened the scoring, and then they scored four unanswered, and then Robert Thomas got his first playoff goal. Ew. Late in the third. I do remember the 2-1 loss in Game 5. We were in Gif Jeff's basement. Jason Spencer. <laughs> I'm two, too lazy to cut it in this That 2-1 loss was it. That was it for me. Oh, we were done. That was it. It was over. It was over 100%. Jif Jeff, Gift Jeff had had us over. I just like saying Jif Jeff because I know there are some people, including him himself, that have a minor aneurysm, including me, actually. It's self-torture. It's sadomasochism, people. But yeah, he was kind enough to host us mm. for the evening. A lovely place. I invite any of you to go over and watch yeah. a game. Unsupervised. Got the time. <laughs> Just go over there. I don't think the doors are locked. Drop a couple of shekels. I um, it, uh, But yeah, he had us over and... It was pain. It was just torture, and of course it was. Of course it was because we weren't just gonna have a pleasant evening. No. Jeez. I remember just being so dejected after that game. Oh. <laughs> it's reliving it, it folks. Hurts. It hurts. Don't worry. The St. Louis Blues go to Dallas. I'm. I was telling my girlfriend this could be the last game of the season. This could. This could just be it. Could be was a polite way to put it. I know. It's like it will be, like, but I was like, be. this is it. And the Blues win four to one. Holy diver! Wasn't yeah, that didn't happen there. This, game, but... this was the game. Oh, where... this was the holy 
Dennington or Bishop got killed. Yeah, man. this is the game where Preco wound up and fired a puck right at Bishop's neck on purpose. Uh, Bishop rolled around on the ice. Well known headhunter Colton Preco. Yeah. Bishop rolled around on the ice, got Faking no whistle. It. And uh, I believe it was Schwartz tipped it in. It was mm-hmm. like Steen fired it and Schwartz got a tip. Uh, yeah, and I believe that was to make it 3-1. And then Sammy Blaise sealed the deal as if it needed more sealing with a slap shot past Bishop, who was not feeling it, I'm sure. And it was it was a game seven. That we were slap going shot to. wind up into the actually scoring the goal was such a weird juxtaposition of emotions. What are you doing scoring a goal? You yeah. scored a goal. Well done. Well done. I believe it's just him and O'Reilly, and he's to get further up than O'Reilly, and he said that O'Reilly yelled at him to like just shoot it, like don't pass it to my ass. <laughs> I ain't doing shit with it. I got <laughs> yeah. a broken rib. Fuck that. I've been playing all damn season. It's time for you to pick up some slack, you French bastard. <laughs> And again, this I'm makes... I'm O'Reilly. I got a broken rib. <laughs> yeah, this makes uh, Craig Ruby look like a genius, too, because this is the this is Blaze's first playoff game. and a goal mm-hmm. in his first playoff game. He was... He outcoached everyone, which is weird to say. I <laughs> still don't think of that as Craig Ruby's forte. Yeah. I think that rhymed. Um, the best part was when he outcoached Pete DeBoer. Uh, we're getting to it. God, I, I just hate Pete DeBoer so much. Go on, go on, Game 7. You all remember Game, game seven, 7 was pretty uneventful, right? Yeah, no, nothing happened. I mean, technically it kind of was. Can you look up for me when those first two goals were scored? Yes, easily. Because I want to remember the torture that happened after. We scored very early, right? Maybe. Yep. Vince Dunn scored 13 minutes into the first period. Oh, no. <laughs> Matt Zuccarello scored... Less than three minutes thereafter. No! There were three whole periods where no one scored a There was an entire goal. game of shutout. Mm. Mutual shutout on you. Oh my god. How far into the second overtime do you think we scored? Oh god. Was it like 12 minutes? Six. 550. Okay. The big 550. <laughs> oh my god. That game... Took years off. How many penalties do you think were committed in that game? Total? Yes. Five. Two. Wow. Good for the refs. How many of those do you think the Blues committed? Zero. There you go. (laughs) Well done. I only thought zero because I remember Craig Ruby saying we were one of the least penalized teams (laughs) (laughs) until the Boston series. Um, Which, by the way... More great coaching, but we'll get to that later. What a... I, you said it. I couldn't watch this game when it went into overtime. I just couldn't. Was this stool on the head or was this yeah, leg on no. the floor? It was, ever, it was all of these things that I did. I. It was pure torture. If, it was. If Jamie Ben has a slightly more curved stick, we lose uh-huh. the game. Fortunate for us, he's fucking horseshit. On a weird side note, this is like how, like... <laughs> a weird side note, what do you think about <laughs> apartheid? <laughs> but, like, they got Joe Pavelski... It's wrong, just yes. for the record. <laughs> oh, they got Joe Pavelski in the offseason. They got old man Corey Perry. But, like, the Dallas Stars were... Who went to a Texas Rangers game yeah. today, by the way, which has oh, got God, to mean nothing sides. to him. Yeah. 
you know, like he has no frame of reference for the Texas what? Rangers. Maybe that's his favorite team. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but like that team was a curved stick away from moving on to the third round. Can you really look at them in the offseason and be like, this team has to change? It doesn't. It doesn't. Would you, you just try it did again? Did you listen to the episode of Tuck Soup where they had that really angry debate about Joe Pavelski? <laughs> Ryan Lambert, who was the professional stick in the mud of that trio, I just got very angry at the implication that Joe Pavelski was a good signing for them. And it was like, he doesn't move the needle at all. And I was like, what? I'm sure he does. He like 42 goals last year, didn't he? They, and at that they didn't need they didn't need to move the needle. Yeah, they were pretty much a third round team. Which was one of the points that uh, Wyshynski was making. Uh, anyways, but that doesn't matter. We beat the Dallas Stars two to one, double OT. Patrick Maroon scores it. You've seen it. You love it. You'll live it forever. Blues move on round three against the San Jose Sharks. I don't remember. I remember the series distinctly. Thirty-eight goals, not forty-two. Oh, okay, for wow. shame. But I don't remember how I felt. I, no, I know how I felt. I thought we were gonna lose, as I always did when every round. I was like, you know what? This is when we lose because because the NHL needs San Jose to win, not only for Joe Thornton and Joe Pavelski and all these people that deserve it, but also because the San Jose Sharks get gifted. Two other calls, one in each of their other two series that they shouldn't have been given. And it was like, oh, that will happen to us, I'm sure, at some point, foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, I can't... I I think I thought this is where the fun I wanna ends. I want to say I felt, I felt like we'd lose every series until the last <coughs> one, ironically, which we'll talk about. Mm. Which I still, like, in my heart was like, we will lose, but in my head I was like... I think so. And I think our feelings were confirmed in game one. We lost six to three. I was like, we didn't look terrible, but I was like, oh. They just seemed that to be scoring That was, I think, will. the one game I couldn't watch. Mm. Where was a wedding? A wedding? Oh. That's too bad. Oh, no. Was that the, wait, what date was that? Mm, that May. was That was not the wedding. The wedding was the 7-2 game three against Boston. Ah! I don't know, remember where what it was a life. game three but in any or game one of this series but i was somewhere i was indisposed i don't remember these first two i remember i remember six three and being upset i don't remember the four two that we won in san jose shall i jog your memory sure. by saying that the fourth penalty of the game went to marcus Sorensen oh now i remember <laughs> jaden schwartz scored the first goal followed by vince dunn and, oh, this was the Vortuzo goal. Ah. Uh, so we had to win. Yeah. Vortuzo assisted by Joel Edmondson and Tyler Bozak. Just what how you a draw it up. <laughs> Joel Edmondson <laughs> had two points in that game. Was that his entire postseason point total? Was that the third goal? Did we score an empty netter? A Sunquist scored... You're not an empty netter, but late in the okay, third. Okay, gotcha. It's good. Good for him. He had a really good playoffs. He had a really good season. Good mm-hmm. for you, Oscar. You deserve to get paid. Blues. Oh, Joel Robinson had seven points in these playoffs, including a goal. Couldn't possibly tell you when. Mm-mm. Oh, I think I remember. 
I can t- I'll tell you later when we get to it. <laughs> um, Blues lose game three. I did not get to watch all of this. I remember five to four overtime loss. Uncontroversial, right? No, yeah. You can make a hand pass. It's allowed, I think, or not. Who knows? Still, for the absolute life of me, mm-hmm. how did this happen? <laughs> I was I was literally just telling you. I think that's when the Blues franchise changed. The response to that game. How do you have a game? How do you have a sport where this dude not only Ken Campbell <laughs> but all these people demand that hockey be respected? There is you must respect this sport. This sport is nothing, if nothing other than just respect for each other and the trophies and the jerseys. Not, not enough respect for the trophies. Yeah, but respect and the fans mm-hmm. and the ice and the parents that drive you to the games and all of that. Oh, but the the rules in said game that have all this respect. Don't oh, have to be enforced. Yeah, fuck that. I don't. I mean, that's that respect human error. God damn it! I'm sure is what they would say. That's human error, okay? And then there were Sharks fans who had the absolute balls to say, "You shouldn't call us lucky. You shouldn't say <laughs> we don't deserve to be here." Ugh. It's like you were handed a game seven that you were getting your ass kicked in. You were handed another game seven. Uh, yeah, I was just, It drove me crazier that the they're... The genuinely angriest mm. I've ever been, probably. And that's saying something. Other than when I was playing FIFA Street as a kid. <laughs> we won't talk about that. Many controllers snapped uh, in Probably. Um, what I don't get, or what drove me the craziest, was that some of their players, like Carlson, would be like, we weren't playing handball or playing hockey. It's like, so you saw it. So you saw it. This man's confessing. And, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, no, no, no. Uh, or that they gave fucking what's his face in the assist. assist. Oh, that was the real kick. It was like, so it touched him at some point. Yeah, you saw it. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's the scorer. That's not the ref. And I'm like, well, then call down to someone. <laughs> Tell them. It's like literally every. It is. Everyone saw it. And then this little weird bubble. They were like, saw what? They go, yeah, we all saw something. We all saw something. But what was it? Okay, goal scored. And you're like, I get why people don't want to overreact and and you know do too many things on replay it baffles me though that in this age of technology where everyone watching a game can see a a just a fuck up this cataclysmic everyone watching the game just saw it immediately some people lots of people saw it in live action and everybody else saw it on the very first replay. And the NHL, until now, was like, I don't know if we should review that, though. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why there can't be a blanket rule in every sport at this point. We've got 8K televisions in the world. That they can't just go, you know what, referee's discretion, if it's a major screw up. Yeah, be like, it doesn't have to be within any sort of challenge. For like rule, they can just be like, yeah, we looked at it like, again like and you, that's against the rules. Especially in the NHL where they've got the game center. I mean, I think all sports have that now, but where they've got the Toronto headquarters. The war room. Uh, yeah. Why can't there just be like, they call in and they're like, no, 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 no. Guys, guys, guys. That's what I thought get they the would have been able to. Be like, yeah, guys, here, I'll show you. <laughs> they go, oh, okay. And then there's the little absolving where it's like, and it's see, not like... they caught it. 
Sorry, you know, refs are human. This isn't one of those things where it's crap. like there's an offside 30 seconds before. Yeah, The play should have just been blown dead. The puck gets over there because he knocks it over there with his hand. Anyhow. And you can tell how ridiculous it was that we won the Stanley Cup. And we're still, probably because this happened. Yeah. And we're still pissed about <laughs> it. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Yeah, you're right. This was it. This was like... I want somebody to... I know all these interview questions that they're doing with the Blues are very positive. <coughs> but I want one person to get, like, Brayden Shen in an interview and be like, tell me how you really felt when that hand pass happened. Was it him or Petranzo? Someone did. broke their yeah. stick. Yeah. And Bennington did as well. I mean, they skated after these refs who just skated... We're right off the ice. Yeah. So much so that it's like you're admitting you fucked up. Yes, absolutely. You, you walked absolutely. right as fast as you could, and you're like, is this not an admittance of, was like, this insane? This was in St. Yeah. Louis, right? Wow. St. Louis fans, you were too kind at that game. I think you should have been, like, sharp objects Speaking thrown on the ice. drawn and quartered. hey Should have been drawn and quartered. Okay, I thought there was, okay. I was trying I thought, to think of a transition. But nothing. I got nothing. I thought this team was drawn and quartered at this point. <laughs> like, really? Like this is this. To be fair to the Blues, this is when any team would have caved. Seriously, more or think less. About, think about this too. Impossible to think at the time hmm. because you never knew that you won a Stanley Cup. At that point, we have won one more than half of the games we'd need to win to win the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. We had, like, 42% of our games remaining to win. And and as I said, we could have just collapsed. Mm -hmm. And nobody could have been pissed. Oh, I know. I mean, we would have been, like, we would have been heartbroken, but, like, if we'd just fallen apart after that, Mm. you couldn't even be like, well, blues being blues, you know? That would have been the worst too, because we would have had to have takes in the offseason, like, well, we need to make changes, and someone would be like, well, no, you don't, because it was just the ref's fault. And it's like, yeah, it was, but also there's problems. Yeah. And everyone's mask would be like, no, 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 just the NHL screwing up. Like, yes, and there's other things afoot. Mm. The Blues did not. The Blues rattled off three wins in a row to win this series, and when you look at it, it's kind of ridiculous. They won 2-1 in uh, Game 4. I remember that because it was way too close, and we did not play that well. I yes. was like, okay, okay, tied series. Because that was I the want. one where we got up early and turtled real hard. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. They like they. I think outshot us more than twice, more than two to one for our shots. And then the Blues go to San Jose. Good. Sorry, we had goals in thirty-five seconds, and the immediate response, and then at the end of the first period, we scored Tyler Bozak power play goal. And then didn't score again. We had... I'm trying to find shots on here. Um, keep talking. I'll find them. I can't move on. I want to move on to the other ones. Oh, God. Oh, God. Where's the game summary? Scoring summary. That's not it. I don't have it. They don't have it. <laughs> Nobody has <laughs> the, it. The stats are gone. <laughs> That's why they couldn't review that damn hand pass. That's right. The reviews um, are gone. Yeah, it doesn't just doesn't tell me. Okay, my gut feeling was that's what happened. Okay, good. Blues go to San Jose and they beat them five to nothing. Unbelievable. That part seems impossible. We beat them five to nothing in San Jose, Mm -hmm. and then we come home and we beat them five to one. It's crazy. 
Would you believe shots were 30 to 22 in that game? In what? In the 2 to 1? Yeah. Oh, no. I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it. Any bit. We beat San Jose in six games. The last two games, we scored 10 goals and they scored one goal. That's unfathomable to me. How did we do that? I still don't get it. I don't. uh, How did did they? Because Eric Carlson was dead. Yeah, yeah. And they played him in a game when he was dead. That was yeah. They shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Oh, got to be quicker. Who else was hurt? Oh, uh, Pavelski got hit by a Petrangelo, and he was out. Somebody else, even Melker? No, uh, Meyer maybe. No. Sorensen or somebody. I don't know. Some one of those. Some real shitty players. Joe Thornton's old, so of course he was out of gas. Brendan Dillon maybe. Thomas Hurdle. Thomas Hurdle was Hurdle. They had like four people that were hurt. And then that was became the narrative of like, well, they're head hunting us, and it's just like, fuck off. The guy that scored the one goal in Game Six, I think, was their guy that they play that they put in place for somebody, some random. Oh, Barkway Good or no? no. Um, crap, we Isn't made like a joke Carpenter about him or something? at the time. Something Carpenter. There is a Ryan Carpenter, but no, it was it's a ridiculous name, Chasen Shreve or something. Okay. Uh, but Dylan Gambrell. Because, like, did you have the game notes for that one? Yeah. Was that, like, 2-1? Did he, like, when yes. did he score? <laughs> he did make it 2-1. I remember thinking, oh, shit. <laughs> they fucking put in a nobody, and it's going to be, like, they're Sammy Blay time. Yeah. Like, god damn it. These people are going to, it's the narrative where, like, they've got something to play for. Like, fuck. But they didn't. We beat them 5-1. to one. Unbelievable. We move on. And that first 5-0 game yeah. was the second... Jaden Schwartz hat trick. Oh yeah, the the less talked about <laughs> yeah, the second Jaden Schwartz hat trick. He had what ten goals I think in the playoffs. So they're like more uh-huh. than half of them were in hat tricks. That's fine. I'm not going to complain. Um, no, he had twelve, 12? at least oh, okay. because that hat trick ended with his twelve. Oh yeah, because he outscored his regular season by the end of the oh, third Jesus. series. <laughs> Here's the thing. What a year! 12. He finished the yeah. season with 12, so he didn't score after that. But. Here's the thing, Jaden. <laughs> I'm going to need you to be a much better player this year. This yeah, year. Dramatically. And you're going to have to be yeah, if you much. want a nice contract. Do you understand, Jaden? You yes. get it? You don't just get one, you, <laughs> you don't just give them out for free. Everyone gets one, and you've had yours. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, yeah, it's he true. Has. Uh, Blues moving to the finals against Boston. You said you felt pretty good. I thought we we played right up until this. They had just swept the Hurricanes. Yep. I thought we could win this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also I was terrified of Tuka Rask. Mm-hmm. That was my big concern. My my the the way I saw us potentially losing this series if we lost it was the was the Jonathan Quick thing mm-hmm. where you're just the better team and you get swept still somehow because their goalie is so good. Yeah, or, you know you lose him. I or you're right. Going in, I was worried because his Jordan Bennington had been good, but his stats were fine. And and Tugaras was the best goalie. Yeah, and in one the of the things one of the things that didn't worry me was depth. And that had that had been what had gotten the Bruins through that far, mm-hmm. was even if you could match the perfection line, which most teams can't, 
they would then just throw out that like wicked Johansson, um, who's the former Minnesota guy, Charlie oh, Coyle, yeah, uh, and whoever else was on that line, line or like beat beat you up with Achari, and I was or like David Backus was gonna David throw Backus. him, and I was I was just not afraid of that at all. I was mm-hmm. like, I'll take our depth against anybody. And so I, I, ne- I would never claim that I was like confident that we were winning the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. But there was a part of me that was like, I don't feel like we got this far to lose, you know? And I think I did really think that the rest would hurt them. Obviously, we lost game one, <laughs> so it didn't hurt much. But um, yeah, I mean, I felt pretty good. How did you feel? I was. Scared of Tuka Rask, but I also remember thinking sort of how you did. Maybe not until we got after game two and we won that I was like, you know what? I think we both talked about it at one point that we were, or maybe it was when we won game four. Mm-hmm. Sometime when the series was tied. I remember us thinking like... We definitely talked about we it said, after game... I think it was game four. four. We were like, we're both pessimistic with this team. But for once, I remember just saying like, you know what? I feel like I feel like they're going to win it. I feel like this team this team can't lose. Like not like I'm confident, but it's like there's just no way. They have to win. And the way this well, we season saw, went, so they had what, to win. One, two, four, and five. So yeah, game one we lost four to two. Because I know after game five we were like as pessimistic yeah, as yeah, we yeah. were, we were like they're not losing two in a row to lose the So yeah, game. we'll get there. Game one we lose four to two against Boston. In Boston. We were up 2 nothing. Oh, that was such a shit show. <laughs> we were up 2 nothing, Like, in the first period, oh, I believe. Oh, that was awful. Yeah. Not great. How, did, re- they, how did they score their goals? Oh, I don't even remember. The game was almost two months ago. Yeesh. That was in the last round. Clifton McAvoy Corral. Oh, that was the McAvoy hit on Thomas, too. Or the, the um, other one. Not McAvoy. I think so. No, other short guy. You sure? 100%. Curd, yes, you are. You are correct. My bad. Uh, I was just forgetting that Tory Creek existed. <laughs> Sorry for calling you into question. You were very much right. Um, McAvoy, Corrali, and Marchand on an empty net. Which would be their last even strength point, pretty much. Holy fuck. Um, yeah. You and I went to the viewing party, and or no, just me. No, just you for this Just one, me yeah. alone. No, just kidding. Where my... We didn't watch this one together? No. Yeah, we watched this one together. This was game one. We didn't watch game three together. No, I'm talking game two. Oh, okay. Game two, I was at... to game yeah. two. Game two, I was at the stadium. Okay. Where was I? Just at home piano. Yeah, you were like, I don't want to be at the stadium. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a, my brother was over that night. That was a win. Sorry, everybody. Sure. No, there's one person listening. Hello, Justin. Um, <laughs> let's see. Blues Your win. code word is microscope. <laughs> <laughs> Give us your code word to claim your free prize. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, there, I hope there's one other Justin listening. It's like, oh, shit, no way. I've always been listening. Uh, we love all of you, however many there are. Blues win 3 we 2. We love all of you. Carl Boom Boom <laughs> Gunnarsson. <Radical. laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. He just needed one more shot. Yeah, at the pisser. He missed. He missed the winner in regulation. He saw Coach Craig Berube at the pisser, and he said, I just need one more chance. One more time. It'll be okay. We lose to Boston 7-2. to Game 3 at home. This was another we're done for. Moments. That was so miserable. That was a, I was at the wedding. Yeah. And it was a wedding, so we were all very happy. And many of us Except for were slightly inebriated, which I was not and should have been. Yeah, what? Um, and it was just kept getting worse. And people knew, like, especially in the wedding party, were like, had figured out that I was, like, the boys guy at that point. And so they kept seeing me, and I kept being like, no, don't ask. You didn't want a happy day, right? No. <laughs> no. Four. We unlocked four unanswered. And Jordan Bennington got full. It was just bad all around. Jake Allen got some playoff time. And Good sucked at it. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, this was weird. I mean, we've talked about it. I like time. how it was four to two. Yeah. <laughs> then we wait. Was it? Five, it was five to two. Okay. And then we gave up an empty net goal, which is bold that we'd even pulled the goalie. But I oh, guess and then we got one with Allen in there. And then they immediately scored on Allen on the power play, which yeah. I guess we just roughed him up after the empty yeah, net. Yeah, we did something to Johansson, I think. Alex Petrangelo slashing. On Johansson. I guess. Oh, okay. I believe you. It doesn't say. I'm right. Um, <laughs> it was two one in the series. We said you ha- you got to win game four because you can't you can't be three one. There were some folks that were like, game four isn't a must win. It's like fuck you. There was the people that were like, it's not a must win until you're gonna be eliminated. And I'm like, fuck off. Yes, you're right. But also that's bullshit. Yeah. So four two win in St. Louis against Boston. Do I remember this one? Tell me about it. This was the one we went to together. No, game five was the one we went to together. Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly scored the game opener. Remember how Ryan O'Reilly awoke from a coma to single-handedly win us the Stanley Cup final? Uh, Charlie Coyle scored. Ryan O'Reilly scored 43 seconds in. Charlie Coyle scored 13 minutes, followed shortly by Vladimir Tarasenko. Brandon Carlo with a shorthander in the middle of the second to tie it. And then Ryan O'Reilly, assisted by Petrangelo and Gunnarsson. I vaguely remember this goal. Go ahead halfway through. And then Braden Shin scored what I believe was our first empty netter of the playoffs. Or maybe we got one against the Sharks late. Yeah. I think we got one late against the Sharks, and that was also Braden Shin because he'd only had like two goals since. One the of those Sharks here. goals, he broke his stick on. He did the whole like, "I did it." Oh yes, yes. But I think that was a legitimate. No, goal that was that a real goal. An empty netter later. You too. can't break your stick on an empty netter goal. <laughs> I did it. Monkeys off the back. Yeah, did it? You saw it. Everyone saw it here. Uh, yeah, that was four two win. It was a good win. So it's two to two in yeah. this series. This is when going we were, to Boston. Yeah. And we thought that this team could win the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have had two road games left. I know. I was like, I felt we, I felt confident going into Boston. We've won two to one. I think at four, we knew there would be a seven. Yeah. Well, we talked about it. It was like this team's not 
I think we just thought for sure they were going to win Game 5, didn't we? I thought they I were. I feel like we did. I was like, they will win Game 5, and then either they will win Game 6 because they're, they're closing out series now, or at very least we get to a Game 7 and we just see what, you know, you just see what happens. But I was saying they're not going to lose this series in 6. I was confident in that. Uh-huh. I was right, and they won 2-1 Game 5. Tell me about that game. Ryan O'Reilly, 55 seconds into the second that period. The wraparound? Oh, second period. Okay, the other one was the wraparound. And then David Braun, 10.36 into the f- oh, third period. Oh, I do remember this one. That was the missed trip. Was it? Mm-hmm. Are you. Yes. Yes. And any other game. Yes, 100%. I don't know why I'm. You are totally right, and I'm an idiot. And I've always believed you. Did you hear that, Justin? <laughs> Your code, we got him. Your code word is Venus fly <laughs> And Jake DeBrus scored 13 second, thirteen minutes, 32 seconds later, and we clung on for dear life and won. Good on the refs for not giving them a lousy makeup call, too. I know. I was like, oh shit, we're fucked. Or at least fucked for them. Like Jordan Bennington made 38 of 39 saves in that game. How you doing? That trip. Oh, that trip. Criminal. It was criminal that that was a call. It really was. That should be a tripping call. This is the weird Blues fans bending over backwards. Like, it's not really. And it's like, no, it was. Or like the weird, like, well, he embellished and that's why they didn't call it. Which maybe, but also he just got tripped. I was like, okay, call call them both then. (laughs) You're Mm -hmm. both going. Play should not continue with that happening. Oh, God. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it. I don't care no more. And then we come home for game six. We're in the park. You're feeling great. I feel amazing. Uh, (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, You felt so bad that day. And they score early. I want to say maybe Pasternak scores the opener. Brad Marchand, even worse. (laughs) And you think, eh, it's fine. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the third period, and Carlo scores, and Kuhlman scores. He's a real cool mon. And then O'Reilly and O'Reilly scores, and you're like, maybe, I don't know, maybe, mm-hmm. with eight minutes left, two goals, and then Pastor Knox scores two minutes later, and Char gets the empty netter with no face. He had no friggin' face. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> and we're going to Boston for a game seven. Uh, I, I've, with, I did feel with good. by the way, three days. Two days off in between yeah. each of those games, which was the worst. I will yeah. never forgive the NHL. I think I lost years of my life. It's so stupid. And they say, oh, it's because like they want people to be as fresh as possible. And I'm like, I don't care if I'm fresh. Do if the, the other players want to be as fresh as possible, or do they want to get it done? Yeah, that's what I mean. Just get it done. Yeah. That's stupid. But I was not feeling great because they, they just lost 5-1 to one and everyone's... Oh, yeah. All the confidence. As much as we yeah. said definitely they win Game 7 even if they lose Game 6. Yeah. We didn't feel that after they lost Game 6. Well, like, and people were saying, this team plays well. I'll always remember this, too. I've said this so much. <laughs> people go, this team plays well uh, after it gets its teeth kicked in. I was like, yeah. In, like, games that aren't for the Stanley Cup. <laughs> the other team isn't just going to slack off in that game. Yeah. They know what it's for. <laughs> There's not another opportunity. It's game seven for everyone. It wasn't, I don't know. I just remember thinking, that's not, that's not how this one works. This is the one time where that's different. Oh, they respond well. So does the other team to trying to win the Stanley Cup in a final game. 
Um, I was in wrong. The Stanley Cup final. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was. You go ahead. I was like, I was dead wrong, though, because Boston, kind of Boston played amazing in the first period. They outplayed us for sure. In the Stanley Cup final, Game Seven, which the Blues won four to one, not one St. Louis Blues player had a Corsi four percentage above fifty <laughs> percent. Alex Steen led the team oh, with no. a 47.8 Corsi 4 percentage and a relative Corsi 4 of 18%. Meanwhile, sure. Jake DeBrusque led the Boston Bruins with a Corsi 4 percentage of 90.5%. Wow. <sighs> Folks, I don't think we're going to win another cup. It's like, it's like... <laughs> It just takes too much, mir- like, just miracles upon miracles. Yeah, holy shit. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, I mean, we 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 were we had the early shot attempt, and then we got nothing for, oh, like, nothing. what was it, for, like, 13, 14 minutes? Yeah, it was, like, 12 or something, yeah. Um, and they had, they just dominated, they just dominated everything. Mm. Pareko put the puck over the glass, the only penalty called in the entire game, good on the refs, which I'm sure was an edict on top of the general, like, Seven, you know, game oh, yeah. seven. And then Ryan O'Reilly, our golden boy, sixteen forty seven into the first period, scored the first goal. And then there was the Brad Marchand oopsie that led to the Alex Petrangelo goal with nine seconds left. And they were off to the races. It felt good. Mm-hmm. It felt even better when Braden Shin, that second period was arguably our best, mm-hmm. but we didn't score. And uh, what's-his-name made a lot of big saves. But then... Jordan Bennington made the biggest save of his career, mm-hmm. biggest save in Blues history, the biggest one of the biggest saves in NHL history. Suck it, Yoakim. Shin scored shortly thereafter. Zach Sanford scored the fourth goal. He cried. David Prawn said, "We win. We're gonna fucking win." <laughs> and Matt Grizzly scored an ultimately meaningless goal on, by the way, just an absolute butte of a oh, snipe. Yeah. And the Blues won the Stanley Cup. Four to one. The end. Uh, <laughs> we wow. just end the podcast. Yeah. I like. Are you, did you just finish like a NASCAR race? <laughs> yes, I did. Because I switched you're from my Western hats. Conference champion hat to my Stanley Cup. And then you, earlier you were wearing your Traverse City tournament yeah, hat. Because we were, we only had a prospect of winning the cup. Can you drink some milk for me? Next? Yeah, sure. And then you a got Coke, some? and then. Yeah. And then vomit. <laughs> <laughs> vomit from that mixture. Um, yeah, looking back, not only on the season but the playoffs too, it's just like, I. There's just so much. How does any, what? How does any team win the cup every? Here's there's the a thing. team wins the cup every year. Here's the thing I don't get. Isn't there a year where a team doesn't win the cup? I, with due respect to everyone on this team whom I love, hmm. I don't think there's anyone who re- will go down in history as an all-time great. I don't look at our team and think we have a Hockey Hall of Famer right now. Maybe if Ryan O'Reilly plays the rest of his career like he played right now, mm. maybe. Or Jordan Vladimir Tarasenko like certainly could get there if he starts scoring 40 every year. Yeah. Jordan Bennington, it wouldn't take a ton to convince people if he's just like, if he stays this good and has this story. But like, we don't have a Messier. Oh, no, no. Six cups, by the way, six cups. <laughs> Or, uh, you know, much less a Gretzky, a Crosby, a McDavid, mm. a Brian Leach, 
for a lesser example. We're much more of a, a Carolina Hurricanes yeah. champion. And I don't know how those teams ever win. I know. Because we didn't have a guy in this room that we could just turn to when all the chips were on the table and say, no, you have to win it. Yeah. You know, Patrick Kane, as much as I don't like Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane won the mm. Blackhawks the Stanley Cup. Their first. Mm. Their first in what, ever? It was their first ever, wasn't it? In 2010? Was, no, it was like, but, but their, it was it was like, like 50 first years, in like 50 right? years, yeah. And he was the guy that won it. At the end of the day, he just won it. And they mm. could have lost it. Mm. They could have lost it to Brian Lawton and the Philadelphia, wasn't he on that team? I think it was. Was that the goalie? I think it was. It was, it was somebody guy? off. It was no, somebody. It was, it was Michael Layton or something. That's it. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, a team that had Bobrovsky earlier? I was just saying, like, those superlative talents. Yeah, I know what you mean. The, the, the team that's like, everyone's good, but you've got a, you have a superstar. Yeah. That wins it. And, I mean, you generally you need one. And we didn't have one. We just had tenacity and grit. That's kind of the way this franchise had to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Like, it makes more sense for the Blues to win it as a blue-collar, supposedly dirty team that everyone contributes to rather than be like, Brett Hall won it for us. Yeah, and 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 how many times I texted you this earlier this week, not even really in relation to this episode. I was just like, for the number of times... That we said, and we've we've probably said it on this podcast, we've certainly said it to one another for years, that if the Blues ever won the Stanley Cup, it was going to be some season where we were totally written off and irrelevant, mm-hmm. where we looked awful, where we snuck into the playoffs, and then every round was seven games, which obviously this wasn't, but every round was That's just enough. gritty, and by the skin of your teeth, and you too you know, claw your way to a Stanley Cup final. And as much as we we won two of the rounds in six <coughs> games, there was a moment in each round where it could have just been over. We mm-hmm. were down, as I've said multiple times, 2 nothing in Game 5 of the Winnipeg series. We could have just lost, and we lose the series. 100%. Mm-hmm. We, are, we do not win two in a row against Winnipeg. And I know, looking at the rest of the series, or the rest of the playoffs, that you could be like, well, we did it other times. And it's like, sure. Not doing it against Winnipeg without having already beaten Winnipeg mm. as, you know, confirmation that we can. And as many times as we said it was going to be that road to the cup, it still doesn't feel real. Mm. It still doesn't. I still look at, like, the hats you have and everything that's still kind of like, really? Yeah, right? You just doesn't, like, that's the Stanley Cup logo. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> Not just Stanley Cup participants, Stanley Cup champions. It still yeah. feels weird. It's just because it's so ingrained that you're just, like, lovable losers. And that's and what's like, insane. We're, we're probably going to do an episode later this year where we look at, like, the rest of the NHL and what happened this mm-hmm. year. Because, like, it's been... Like, Eric Carlson was a senator. I don't... I think he was still a senator 12 months ago, right? He wasn't a July 1st trade. Mm-hmm. I think he was later than that. Like, the NHL has been insane this year, and rightfully so, we've been so focused on it that it's just like, how did this happen to us? How did, how? And you're so right that it's like so perfect for the Blues to have won this way. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, they did. I don't know what else to say. 
onto a second <laughs> cup. Yeah, I mean, that's the end of the retrospective, so we can just sign off there, and we'll be back not next week. This may be a week off. I don't know. Maybe something will happen. But you're going to be out of town. Yeah, I won't be here. Um, but whenever we talk to you, at, at most in two weeks, we will speak more about hockey and begin to preview the next season. Mm-hmm. But until then, the Blues will still be Stanley Cup champions. So, uh, stuff. Words. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Good night, Justin. And there's just no turning back When your heart's under attack Gonna give everything I have It's my